0: what's the message is there only one message
1: yeah it's partly personal depending on how you use these things for me <laughs> i have a friend here in vilka who knew this guy who used to be here and he literally used to walk around the, the center of town with a bottle full of ayahuasca he would drink like two liters a day and <laughs> he was out of his fucking mind yeah, that's not a good idea and he was yeah he was like my friend was like yeah and he's out and he's out in andromeda fucking his three astral girlfriends was <laughs> <of> his mind <laughs> it's hilarious it's like this uh he called himself i won't say his name let's call let's call him dr marius and he and people in the pandemic they would go up to him because he wasn't wearing a mask and he was like uh well i am a doctor and you all have the virus anyway and i don't care what you're
0: saying (laughs) he's just walking it's hilarious yeah it's It's a little a little par for the course in this place it's a bit too much oh yeah
1: it's wacky characters my friend gavin here Describe it as an open air insane <laughs> Yeah, I,
0: I stole that for a blog post once. And yeah, yeah, yeah. A, but it's it so interesting. Works. I mean, even if a lot of people have their idiosyncrasies, what a goldmine yeah. for podcasting. I don't
1: know. Like, it's um, it's become just yeah, brutal and. I'm sorry. I lost my train
0: of thought. All good. We were. Sometimes that's where the magic happens. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to go with this on the floor. It'll come back. if it's. You were saying that it's brutal. And I do want to talk about how it has affected you and, you know, talk from the heart and, and how you grew up in that culture.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but also what we were talking about is how these six or so values of the New Zealand character get distorted and what that shadow oh, yeah, side yeah, looks like. Okay. I think that's sort of the theme that's emerging here is cultural shadows.
1: Yeah, it's it. So, I mean, to be honest, look, I'll just be straight up, guys. When I did that, I started having a self-hating inner dialogue coming up. Like, you, when you did what? When I when I forgot my point. No, it's nothing. You did. It's like you fr- like. I'll be straight up. So uh, like you freak, you weirdo, um, like you pussy, like you're like. It's like, you're a fag because you can't get to your point. I'm serious. It's, they wouldn't use that language, but it's brutal. And you weren't doing that. Now, you weren't doing that. Of course. Yeah. But this is it's a brutal place. Like, if I was my natural self, you know, I haven't been authentic since I was seven years old. Because being authentic gets you fucking crucified. It got me crucified. Like, I would express my love of nature. Yeah. And I would be like, I just completely put it in a box and forgot about it for 20 years. And it's just a brutal building. But I saw it to other people. It's so... Um, and oh yeah that's kind of it's okay like so it's okay to kind of like we need diversity in the world you know i i want to be part of i want to be a rain a wild rainforest tree in my own authenticity growing wild and free uh yeah and i don't want to be a freaking pine and a plantation so diversity is what makes the world beautiful and i had a download about this in recent years fear enforces conformity love nurtures diversity a beautiful background. Is that California? They look like Big Sur. Yeah,
0: Big Sur. That's why I got the Mac, just for that picture. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, we're recording from the right mic. This is a big movement. Thank you for catalyzing this.
1: Yeah, no worries. You're welcome. It's good good for me too, so good to be here.
0: And how do I pronounce your last name?
1: Farazin? Farazin. Farazin. Yeah, so... To be fair, yeah, it is actually a very rare name. There's something like 70 of us on Facebook <laughs> out of like one point billion people on Facebook. So, yeah. yeah. This is, this is in the U.S., but it's a very rare name, so it's still good. Yeah. Mostly Kiwis. It's about even between the U.S., Belgium, and New Zealand, a little bit more in New Zealand, but then almost even between those three, and then some in South Africa.
0: Okay, so I'll do a little intro for the listeners, and then I'll bring you in. <laughs> Even in this low-pressure setting, I have stage fright. Not really. <laughs> it's weird. Like, I've talked to 10 million people at once, and I was like, that was okay. But sometimes, even with a few hundred people, it's how depending on my state, yeah. Yeah, it's it weird. It just shows how it's all internal. Like, the stories about the external are are one thing, but then the, what we actually feel, the pressure and all that, is within.
1: Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, that's a very striking example the fact that you're on survivor talking about, holy shit yeah literally on <laughs> millions of people i have to look you up that's you know just...
0: you kind of get numb to it on the show though like you're filmed all the time so you stop thinking about oh yeah. 10 million people will see this but <laughs> yeah for better or worse but uh for better or worse i am recording this and this podcast is coming back hello to all of you redeeming disorder listeners hello world after a year and a half roughly So it's been a long break, and you're listening to this either on a podcast app, the normal podcast places, or on my Substack, and my Substack is now hosting it, so if you're not aware of that, definitely check it out. It would be great if you want to subscribe to the Substack. If you subscribe, then I can reach you by email, so I'll always be able to reach you. It's ryman.substack.com. It's the link on my social media, and that's where the podcast is going to be hosted now as it's being resurrected That's where I've put out a number of blog posts in the last year and a half, but other than that, it has been pretty sparse, and I've been spending a lot of time going in, uh, less time putting things out, a lot of time healing. I've been telling Nick, the guest here, that this place where I landed in San Pedro de Vilcabamba has been like a, uh, what did I say, a cultural, karmic-
1: Detox. Detox.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been working through so much stuff here and it's been really good. I've seen myself grow, but that's why I've been quiet. And uh, I feel as if there was so much toxicity in the culture in the U.S. And there is everywhere. It's not like this is a special haven free of it all or the U.S. is, you know, hell itself. But uh, I was really mired in it personally and environmentally. And I think only upon getting the space from it and coming here could I really apprehend all of it and see it and let it go. And I'm still letting it go. I'm still in that process of releasing patterns and growing. And for a while, I felt like I need to just focus my whole life on healing, become fully enlightened, and then I'm ready to speak to the world. Then I'm ready to podcast. And I'm realizing now that uh, that's, that's really not the most powerful way to share and to work. And uh, and the podcasting and the putting things out is a part of the growth as well. My purpose isn't healing. My purpose is living. And part of living is this, creating. And um, I, I also feel as if none of us are really awake. None of us are really free until we're all awake and free. And that unity consciousness is something I've found a lot here in Vilcabamba. It's something I connect with people like Nick over as we all are in our journeys and processes. And so today I'm really excited to talk to Nick about his process and his journey and also his views and thoughts and insights into the world and what's happening collectively. It's really spontaneous. I did not wake up today thinking I was going to record a podcast today or anytime soon. But as we talked, he's staying with me uh, for like a week or two and we got to talking and this spontaneous inspiration came to just move forward even in this place uh you know not fully healed even actually in this place uh going through a lot i'm three days removed from tobacco and cannabis which i was smoking daily and uh past the brunt of the withdrawal of tobacco but really feeling the peak of cannabis withdrawal and in a place where n- normally I would, you know, never want to record and, and speak publicly and interview. I'm not on my A game. But also, I think it's, there's a beauty in, in that. And that's why I felt the inspiration to, to ask Nick if he wanted to do this because, uh, you know, it's, it's the antithesis in a lot of ways from the idea of getting to that perfect place and then doing the creative work. It's just doing it where I'm at now and uh, openly and transparently, which is the theme of this podcast. This podcast is about normalizing vulnerable conversations, real conversations, and it's been focused on individuals' mental health journeys and still is insofar as people have that to share. But I also felt the inspiration today because I feel like, Nick, you're the perfect guy to be a bridge from what the podcast has been to mm-hmm. what I want it to be,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is still about normalizing vulnerable conversations, but... Expanding those conversations and not just playing in the the box of psychiatry or the boxes of psychiatry and talking about mental health and disorder in the mind, but talking about disorder in the world and the collective and bigger issues. So broadening the scope and keeping it about that fundamental principle of redeeming disorder, but expanding what that can mean and, uh, and hearing about Nick's personal journey and how he was relating that personal journey to... The collective and everything happening just sparked something and so here we are recording a podcast and so i've droned on and off. without further ado welcome nick
1: thanks ryan yeah. hey guys so i feel to give myself uh, to give a little introduction to who i am at this point so my name is nick Farison. i'm 35 years old i was born and raised in wellington the capital city of new zealand uh, it's been an interesting journey for me since i had a major spiritual awakening 13 years ago in 2010 it was about 25 and uh yeah many many stories here many intertwining threads i have to make sure i don't get into too many because i'll be over uh, there's a lot to say mm-hmm. but uh, it's important to point out here that while i grew up in new zealand and i was born a new zealander i suffer <laughs> i say that as a joke from something that i call stranded et syndrome was suffered past tense now so uh maybe explain what that is a little later in the podcast but basically i was always out of place and i didn't really belong in new zealand and i've only discovered the reasons for that more recently and i've uh, new zealand is my home uh, to an extent but for for reasons yeah as again i can get into my true home is really in europe and so i'm on my way making my way back to my real home and yeah stranded ec syndrome basically briefly is the idea that you grow up in a culture which is alien to your true home culture and this causes many issues and enormous challenges especially in a society as toxic as New Zealand and New Zealand is spectacularly toxic people don't seem to be aware of this I had this conversation a hundred times on this trip and everyone says the same thing wow I never would have thought that I always hear New Zealand was great and I say no no it's good to visit just don't live there (laughs) and uh yeah, it's a weird journey because you, you grow up thinking you're someone and never fitting in and then you find out you're from someone else, somewhere else. So it's like, yeah, stranded ET syndrome It's imagine you're in a UFO as an alien, you get shot down and then you kind of, let's say you have amnesia and you grow up thinking you're a human, then it's the journey back to realizing who you are and then you have to go home. So it's been a very, it's been a fascinating journey and along the way I've learned a lot about psychology, spirituality, personal growth, philosophy. It's been enormously challenging. I almost didn't survive it. Uh, came close to losing my life a few times and many people don't survive it. And I've, I've learned yet yeah, a lot about myself, but more importantly about the human condition and what's going on in the world. And am excited to share some of what I've learned today.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to hear it. And there are a few threads that I could pick up on from what you just said. But uh, when you were saying, when you were talking about stranded ET syndrome, it made me think, you know, what you're feeling probably a lot of us here can relate to like, Not all of us have this soul connection where we feel a connection to other cultures aside from the one we grew up in. But in this world, the way the world is, with toxicity to some degree everywhere, a lot of us who are sensitive people, um, connected people, incarnating into a disconnected, very harsh on a level world could feel like a stranger anywhere. And I think a lot of people who have found themselves here relate to that because they've come here looking for community and connection to the people. Who want to live with connection and community and aligned with nature, and uh, and so I could pick up on a lot of different threads, like I mentioned, and you can take it wherever you want.
1: Mm. I have yeah. some ideas. I had a couple of downloads
0: before we started about how to start
1: out and the rough uh, plan I have for what I want to talk about. So can I okay, just, yeah, actually go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right. So first of all, I'd like to start out by outlining five key points. Mm. I think it's about actually seven seven key points which define from my point of view the new zealand national character the new zealand national identity so that's neutral so there's a person there are people in every country but there's kind of how to put it there's a country there's people in every country but there's a country in every person countries are like people this is a fascinating realization i've had and i learned this through this journey like i People say nationalities don't exist. They're a concept. Not true. This is fascinating. It's hardwired. It's like, so. Hmm.
0: Well, I mean, hmm. everything's a story on some level, right? Uh huh. Like us being a human's a story on some level. Yeah, that's true. But I hear you. So yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I, I, what I
1: will say from my perspective. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to take it too far. I, I, but I have to say, I like, you know, I think there's a balance that I, and I will say, at the same time, I have discovered that there are certain things that are just hardwired, and this, I have some interesting stories about this. And uh, I'll get into it there. I just want to give an introduction. So, so I would like to talk about yeah the New Zealand national character, which is I, it will be like five points. That's neutral, and then to define, as as it were, as I said, there's every. People from a certain country, they all kind of share certain characteristics if they're part of that group soul. And then, so that's, you know, this is neutral. It's just who they are. Ryman was talking before about toxicity in in the world in different countries. So what I've observed is that toxicity is global in a world where the heart chakra is mostly shut down. Some people will often talk about people being sensitive. I had a friend on the coast, really nice, beautiful Afro-Ecuadorian soul, looked me in the eye and said very warmly, you're not sensitive, you're human. (laughs) You know, like it's a a lack of humanity in many ways. So I think I know you mean, I know you like what you mean. And we're talking about the same thing, different vocab. But for some people out there in the world, probably not listeners here, they're probably quite aware. But there are some misconceptions that need to be addressed. Yeah. And
0: I will mention listeners to this podcast now. They're coming from following me from Survivor so when you say mm, okay when you say I chakra it. even there are a lot of people who have skepticism about that and it doesn't mean we should change what we're saying <laughs> yeah yeah but um just gotta be address it because yeah hey we're totally woo woo now get used to it <laughs>
1: uh, uh, yeah no hard feelings it's just being real it's just authenticity it's good to model
0: authenticity you know totally and it's, you got to speak from your own truth even if people mm, um, don't resonate
1: yeah and as long as you're not being you know a dick about it you're not being rude I'm, like, because that's not the truth. Like, spe- you, speaking the truth but being harsh. Jordan Peterson made this point, which I, I I've had this sentiment myself. But if like if I tell you the truth, but I'm really harsh and cruel, that's kind of using the truth but for the lie, as it were. And so there's, there's you know, there's like truth in terms of what you say, but there's the higher truth. So yeah. yeah, there's nothing. It's good to be authentic as long as you as long as you're doing nothing wrong. It's, it's, it's like we need more of that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it takes courage in a world where we're conditioned to be divided and judgmental by this toxic system and the toxicity is global. And so I would like to talk about, yeah, first I will define the New Zealand national character. And then I will talk about, it's kind of inherently positive, I think, because humans, people talk about human nature, but humans are actually inherently positive. It's just for various reasons, the world has become dark and toxic. And uh, so then I'll talk about, after I've talked about core New Zealand identity, I will talk about the nature of the New Zealand cultural shadow. And it's different in everyone, but in general, people like, for example, most Ecuadorians in terms of their cultural shadow, their shadow and their psyche, they tend to share certain traits because they're part of the same collective. So this is the same for every country. And then I would like to relate this briefly to the cultural shadow in the United States (laughs) because Ryman's an American and I I would actually like to do a series about these two in the future. Part of the shadow
0: could even be calling me American. You know, we've just assumed the title America even though we're one of the 57 countries in the Americas. Yeah, I feel that's I mean, it's fine. I I know know, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, It's it's an interesting point. But it it makes sense because the cultural shadow of the U.S., I think, is the cultural shadow of the world to a degree. And so far as the U.S. culture has infiltrated the world. You know, we have through Hollywood and technology and other things, we have really like spread the tentacles from America to everywhere else. So it's felt everywhere.
1: Yeah, U.S. is the new Rome. It's the dominant cultural, economic, and military power. Well, that's now changing, which is you know, it's another subject. But it's, it's yeah, it's interesting. So I, I would like to talk about these issues at length in a series of podcasts in the future. Could even I'm going to I'm a writer, so I'll write about these things. Who knows? There could be some books and this stuff. So uh, I would like to call the, the series about the U.S. American Shadow, which is a play on American Psycho, mm-hmm. which is ironic because a lot of the <laughs> American Shadow is being about being totally like being quite. Mm okay and hear me out because i'm not pointing the finger at the u.s uh, how do I put this del- gently because i'm not um, new zealand and the u.s this is why it's good for me to talk about both they share a lot of elements of their cultural shadow and i'm not yeah i've got to be sensitive because when you it's, it's okay to criticize your own group but just justifiably people get prickly if you start pointing the finger at other groups so uh mm. how do i'll phrase it this way new zealand <laughs> Well, we understand there's
0: light and shadows everywhere, just to okay. throw that in there. Okay, just to, pa- yeah. Don't worry about me. Yeah, I fast. mean, if you're thinking about the audience, fair game, but. Okay, uh, okay, good. Thanks. But I'm, I'm not attached to that. Oh, okay, sweet. <laughs> right. oh, I'll find, I don't
1: want to be too diplomatic, otherwise you never get to your point, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be, um, yeah, anyway. So how do I put it? The, yeah, New Zealand and the US share a lot of elements of their cultural shadow, and yeah, like Americans suck just being straight up, like Anglo-Saxon, the Anglo-Saxon world, which is composed of an order of population size from, highest to lowest it goes united states uk canada australia new zealand it's like th- oh, the numbers are, i think it's like three three forty three hundred and forty million about 67 million 37 million 25 million 5 million 5.1 million new zealand good memory <laughs> yeah, yeah geography nerd more or less you can check that see right that's more or less it it's it's like 400 450 million people Well, they're part of a group of nations culturally referred to as the anglosphere so those five countries, uh, they all speak English. There are actually many other English-speaking countries. I think there's a lot more English-speaking English-speakers in India, but in- India has like 30 official languages and it's not. thats that. We just, not only do we speak English, but culturally that we are not predominantly English. You know, India is another world. It's a whole other cultural universe. And so it's going to be, I'm going to, yeah, I'll contrast the cultural shadows of New Zealand and the US because they have a lot in common. And a lot of it's being freaking psycho. I'm just blown away by the the, the psychosis at times of of New Zealand and that's something I really wanted to get into and I'll, I'll focus on that because I'm a New Zealander and I don't like I'm, I'm sensitive I don't want to point the finger at the u.s what i, I would I take a more blunt just to be clear a more blunt and direct approach to my criticism of new zealand while balancing that with empathy and compassion because i'm part of that group i can be more blunt i will i will point some i will gently point out some of the cultural shadows in the u.s but i'll do that a bit more sensitively and gently because it's not my group I, I can't be so blunt i don't want to do that but there are a huge yeah there's a lot in common and a lot of it's being freaking psycho like dude like, <laughs> i can't believe it. i've seen so many comments online it just blows me away it's and this is good because we these conversations we need to normalize these conversations we need to talk about this stuff more there's not enough awareness a great download intuitively i had in last year last 12 months i get a lot of these quote intuitive downloads this comes when you open the higher chakras when you really open the heart you start to get a lot more what some people call downloads just pieces of information wisdom insights they just pop into your head and one of the ones i had related to this is awareness precedes transformation so as soon as the awareness comes, you know, there's transformation coming. So also, right. so the awareness right. is the, the shift in the internal reality that the, you know, our inner worlds, uh, psychological and spiritual dimension. And then that will shortly be preceded by the reflection in the physical world. So the physical manifestation will follow. So in order to change these things, we need to, you know, create more awareness. We need to normalize these discussions and we need to talk about it a lot more because these are big right. issues. And that coming just to conclude with this introduction, I'll then we'll give it back to you, Raman. Uh, it's good to point out that by understanding and raising awareness of the condition of the interconnections between the collective dysfunction and our personal dysfunction, which are really different levels of the same thing. You know, the one contains the many and the many contains the one there's this idea of fractals where, you know, patterns at a microcosmic level are reflected at the macrocosmic level as above, so below. Yeah. And yeah, our. when we pick these patterns apart, draw awareness to them, we can help not only heal the world, heal ourselves. And really it's the same. It's the same thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. um, I resonate with a lot of what you just said. The fractal nature of reality, how you can't extricate the individual from the collective and vice versa. And I really want this to be about both so we can get back to uh, how New Zealand particularly affected you and in, in your development and your challenges and your journey as we talk about the journey of the world, which it sounds like you have queued up and wanting to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. And I also, maybe to give people a preview of some of what's coming, we are very unstructured. We haven't planned this, but I want to talk about dreams too. Nick is a big dreamer, as I am, but he has maybe specialized in that direction of connection to source a little more and has had a lot of dreams giving insight in his personal life and in the collective. I don't agree necessarily with everything he <laughs> believes about it. And we've talked about this. Yeah, and yeah. We can get into that. But that's the beauty of the conversations we're normalizing. We won't agree and resonate about everything. And, and we okay. can still do it. Yeah. Uh, But I was resonating a lot with what you were saying about the collective and the individual, how they're tied together and how awareness precedes transformation. Like awareness itself is the the first step of the transformation. Like just seeing something for what it is can change it automatically uh, or at least catalyze automatically a process of change. Mm -hmm. It sounds like we've both Mm -hmm. gone through something like that in our spiritual growth and we both have things to say about the spiritual growth and situation of the world so do you want to go into the the cultures now and the yeah
1: just crack into it so there was a point i was making before and then but i kind of trailed off because i wanted to wrap up with the introduction which i've done and i will pick up here because it's a good place to start off to you know get into the the body of what i want to talk about and what you know start off going through the points that i said I, i would in the introduction so The thing I was laughing about before, just going with the flow, it just went in a different direction, but I'll come back to that now. Mm. So I was recently online and I was looking at some videos. I tried to use, there are some websites which allow you to watch YouTube videos without actually being on YouTube. In this way, you're not tracked through, you know, surveillance capitalism. You don't have to deal with ads and you don't get suggested content which is kind of negative by the algorithm because they to an extent program it to, to give you divisive content that will kind of it's a bit down vibe stuff like you know mm-hmm. that pits men against women and you know, mm-hmm. particularly yeah. a lot of that so I, I try to use those websites more but sometimes i don't and so i watch at the current time there's a lot of chaos in my life so i don't have a to have have a computer but it needs to be fixed so i'm watching youtube videos on my phone and i can't actually when i watch them i can't watch them full screen if i use these youtube analogs so i have to go back to youtube so i don't use them as much as i'd like to and when i go on youtube i invariably end up going back to the home page where it does suggest me a lot of negative stuff but some of it is interesting and i don't dwell on the toxic stuff but some i want to look at to understand where the world's at and you just have to you know, just make sure to limit it barely look at the mainstream media these days for that reason I just find it kind of pollutes my psyche but when I did look at some of these news stories from the mainstream media uh, on YouTube I saw some stuff about some mass shootings in in the US and some violence there and the media you know they they disproportionately focus on those things to bring down the the level of collective consciousness to kind of make people think that things are really hopeless to to create a more fear-based reality which makes people more susceptible to control
0: and so that's like, I'm aware of this. This is why I avoid it. But do you, do you? Let me just interject briefly yeah. because I'm curious. Do you believe the yeah. media is doing that intentionally to control, or do you believe it's the profit motive harping yeah. upon what so. happens to be effective, which is people reacting in fear?
1: That's a really good question. I believe it's mostly the former. There are, because this is this is fascinating, and I have to be conscious to relax myself here because I, I <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we're friends, and there's there's no no issues here, and we can just kind of go off the floor. uh, It's the beauty about these conversations. You can just relax, and it will just, the conversation will go where it needs to, and, and- 100%. Yeah, so, I think it's mostly the former. If you look, there's a company called The Dodo, and you can look this up on YouTube. I've just been blown away by the power of biophilia. So to give a bit more background, I didn't mention this in the intro, probably should have actually. So I have a number of hats that I wear in my career, although to be fair, I'm actually mostly focused on personal growth and rebuilding my life because it have been through all this traumatic crap in recent years. So there's not much career stuff going on, but that's, it's bubbling away beneath the surface, and I'm planning, getting ready to get into my work. So yeah, many different threads. The main one is conservation. My greatest passion in life is protecting the natural ecosystems of our world, and I particularly fo- particularly focus on marine and rainforest ecosystems. And. Yeah, I'm also a writer. I do a bit of photography. I'm getting into inventing, and that's, inventing is going to be very important for me in the future. And a few other things, but mainly conservation. And all those other things too, which are passions of mine, uh, means to the end of supporting my goal of protecting the you know wild ecosystems of the world. I just love wilderness. So I know a lot about, I've learned a lot about what's going on in the conservation space, and that's how I heard about this website, The Dodo. And you can look them up. You might have heard of them. They have a lot of videos on YouTube. But it's interesting, Ryman, you know, like just to kind of, answer your question I, I mean I don't think it's more it's necessarily about the profit motive because you can make good money and get huge huge views through positive content I mean it's funny because it's so banal but <laughs> just cat videos and there's videos <laughs> on YouTube of like a husky and look, you can look this up it's like uh, I forget the name of the channel but they're so cute and so funny there's this is video on the of this husky I think named um Zeus you <laughs> can maybe put you know, maybe you can put links in the description. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're so funny and it's such a sweet, cute dog. It's like uh, stubborn husky doesn't want to get out of bathtub or something, and it's literally just a husky going ooh, oh, and like come on, blah blah blah. This woman trying to get in it, like and this husky protesting and, and making it having it basically throwing a huge tantrum, but it's hilarious. These videos have like fifteen million views. Mm-hmm. There's zero effort. This is, you just literally take a video of someone doing something, boom, 15 million views. It's like so little effort, it's ridiculous. And Mm -hmm. people, people love this stuff. Yeah. I I mean, this, like, you can make really, you can get good traction, you can make good money doing that. But it, it kind of lifts people up. And and so I think it is more about control because, you, I really there's evidence this is what I'm saying so this yeah, is an example that you yeah. can get really good views and, and do very well putting out positive content but ultimately it's not that people are inherently bad and this is a myth that's put out there it's like oh humans human nature humans are inherently bad oh my this is such a mind-blowing realization when I had it humans are inherently good This is, I learned about this from a, a source I might talk about a bit later or maybe in another podcast I'm not going into it now in recent years hum, most people have a good moral compass some people just lack the courage to, to act on it uh, I would say uh, 10 to 15% of people are kind of... I mean, let's just say toxic. For, I, I have some other thoughts on that. But for now, let's just say toxic and have bad intentions for whatever reason. But that's not most people. But because a lot these people, for whatever reason, control at least 50%, I would say a lot more of the, the social and economic systems of our world, they project that onto us. They say, you're all bad. But it's its projection. And they would, in many cases, rather sac- sacri- they would sacrifice profit for control so i think that's what's happening a lot and yeah i think they put fear out and they create a perception of humanity that's really depressing to uh, make people depressed and you know afraid and, and disempowered so that they're easier to control and i mean these systems are all over the world the toxicity is global but it is better in some places and worse than in others and new zealand is the worst <laughs> of, the, of the anglosphere world new zealand is oh my god i have like i don't know i will just clarify it probably don't happen well i'm not meaning to blaspheme i would actually I'm, I'm a christian a gnostic christian but for me when i say oh my god it's just like it's just semantics oh, I, get, I didn't know you were a christian i can see that's that's a tricky one because i'm i consider myself a christian in the gnostic sense and it's mm. like i mm, okay yeah. yeah actually there's more there i'm developing my own philosophical system i would say all in, and I won't describe what it's called or what it's about. I would say all people in the system are Christians, but not all Christians. Are, it, it's kind of a weird way. Yeah, kind, kind of a Christian, uh, kind of not. Some people who are Christians wouldn't consider me so. But but let's just say I'm a Gnostic Christian. That's probably the closest you'll come to it for now until I get the system rolled out and kind of do some work on it. I'll put it out there in the future. Hmm. But you know, basically, I would say I am. I mean, I'm happy to talk about God and I, I read a little bit of the Bible for wisdom. But you know, I don't. At the same time, I don't go to church. I'm kind of in between. Um, it's yeah, it's a weird one. But but I I will say just from that perspective. I'm not meaning to like for anyone who is you know uh, a Christian out there who is considers themselves a Christian in a more orthodox sense. I'm not meaning to blaspheme. This is why I say it's a, it's a bit of a weird one. Like I wouldn't say oh my god if I was that... Like, uh uh-huh. uh-huh. Traditional uh-huh. Christian, because that's blasphemy. I mean, just to be honest, just just who I am. And like actually from what the dreams I've had, God doesn't care about semantics.
0: Yeah, I would be very shocked if God cared much about it. It doesn't care.
1: Yeah, it's like like dreams I've had, like God does not care if you're gay. It's like like all these things, it's very loving. So um but oh my so you just wanted to put that disclaimer out. Right? I mean no offense, it's just who I am. And uh yeah, for me it's just semantics. So good to clear that so yeah oh, oh my god new zealand is so so toxic and yeah god showed me in one of my these dreams that new zealand is the most toxic part of the anglosphere i was shown a dream that the most toxic parts of the united states are still not as bad as new zealand and the statistics back this up you know and the u.s is really toxic in parts. that's why it's kind of funny like this thing when i was going to get onto before where i was laughing when i was seeing these videos online yeah okay, the conversation is kind of um just it's going with the flow. here just be with us It'll so we'll go where it needs to it's like a winding river we're not
0: in a rush it's, it's a not. it's a funny balance of like flow and linear structure direction. yeah i mean i love it keep doing your thing but yeah like podcasts often orient toward a linear structure question answer question answer and it's guided in in like a fashion that doesn't meander uh but then you know the energy sometimes things pop in the head and you want to meander and as long as you make it back i think it's good
1: it's to be honest to be very honest with you if I relax, it does exactly what it needs to do, but I'm kind of not in control of it. I just guide it a little bit. But mm-hmm. It does what it, like it's kind of doing its own thing. I'm just mm-hmm. riding the, I'm in the stream. You're do...
0: letting the spirit move you like a Quaker. Yeah, that's right.
1: The analogy I would use is it's like I'm on a river heading downstream and the most efficient way is to be in the center of the current. And then every now and then I need to move my canoe it's just saying, I'm staying in the back of a canoe, like more, you know, like a, I don't know, I forget what they call them, the, the ones they have in Venice. Um, and like with the guy on the back, with the, like the paddle, mm-hmm. and, and it's slightly like round and I just guide it, but kind of, it's kind of, that's why I was saying before, you have to kind of loosen up. For me, that's the way it works. If I try to think too much, it blocks the flow and then it just doesn't work. I'm mm-hmm. more right brain, so this is how you function. But, um, but yeah, it will go where it
0: needs to, just <laughs> have faith. And, We've been dancing around the log that is New Zealand's toxicity in these five... Yeah, so so
1: so it's interesting when you look at New Zealand because it's... To say that New Zealand is more toxic than the US just gently and affectionately is quite a big statement. (laughs) The the toxicity in the US blows me away. The thing when I got onto the dodo, yeah, it's like the, the biophilia. Biophilia is just such a powerful force, you know? Basically, that point was all about how... You know the love of nature is so strong, and you know, like you don't need to, you don't need to put out horrible, nasty stories to make money. You can just post cat videos or like videos <laughs> of a husky. And people love it. But other stuff I've come across on YouTube, it's probably where I saw the dodo. I, I yeah, was looking at one of these videos online um, that I just came across on my feed, and it was for about a mass shooting in the United States, and. I looked at the comments and heard a lot of these and people were saying, yeah, yeah, but this happens everywhere. And there's some Europeans are saying like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it <definitely laughs> it doesn't. does not. <laughs> it, 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 actually, it kind of doesn't, guys. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, everywhere has a super high balance, right? Well, not really. Um, and, uh, yep. Yeah, and New Zealand's worse. What I With on. gun violence specifically? No, I would say the general toxicity of gun violence, probably not so bad, yeah. but but there are many forms of violence. You said toxicity. statistics,
0: like suicide I'll get, statistics. I'll get into
1: it right now. So okay. I, this is a point where I'll, I'll just I'll give it get a bit more structured and clear. So, well, a bit more structured and to the point. So New Zealand has the highest rate of youth suicide of any developed country. They have the highest rate of domestic violence of any developed country. They have had the fastest increase in social inequality of any developed country in the past 10 years, faster than the United States. States. They have one of the highest rates of bullying in the world. Uh, I think they have the highest rate of workplace bullying in the world, and they're number two for bullying in schools. Um, it's something like 70%, 70% of New Zealand children are either bullied or bullying in a given week. Yeah. Now, it's important to point out that the statistics around this are gamed and manipulated, so the real numbers are much higher. Before I left, I talked to someone who'd spoken to a police officer and they admitted that behind closed doors, that the real numbers for suicide are more than 200% higher than the stats that the government puts out. And the manipulation of these figures is serendous And they're manipulating the fact, the stats on homicide too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, so it's just brutal. And, and okay. Why is this? So now I'll get into the, yeah, the identity and then I'll talk about the shadow. Right. So I think it's, it's helpful as I talked about in the introduction to understand and outline The nature of the New Zealand national character, because the cultural shadow of the countries of the world is to a large extent a natural, what's an unnatural distortion of who they really are. And I'll explain in a minute. So I'll give the, the points and then I'll get into the shadow. So the framework of values is a useful lens through which to understand the national psyche of a given country. So if I just list, for some example, the top five, top five is a good way of doing it, although I might go to seven in this case. The top five values of any country gives you a good sense of who they are. For I'm not sure if you... will see if you agree. I, I think for the US, it's probably freedom is number one. Would you yep. agree with that? Yep, Ramon? freedom number one. Yeah. So with... What is it with New Zealand? So, well... New Zealand, I would say number one is... Relaxed, laid back, down to earth. So this is seen, uh, easy going, easy going, relaxed, yeah. laid back, down to earth. Yeah. And that, yeah. it's a good thing, you know, like keep us very yeah. chill, like usually and like, like easy going. Don't make, it's like, don't make no dramas. That's actually a phrase that's in the New Zealand lexicon, like, no dramas or no, like, no worries. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, yeah, It's reflect so the values are reflected in the language, and it's like you know, and that's a good thing. It's nice to be around people who aren't and like who are more chill, go off the floor. But you can take it too far, and we'll sure. get to that in, sure. in the sure. shadow in a second. Number two is so I would describe this as mm, equitable and egalitarian. I'll give a little background to this one. So New Zealand is actually it's an independent country, but actually not really like Canada and Australia. It is actually still part of the UK. That's a dirty little secret. They have a degree of independence, but actually, they are fundamentally still part of the UK. And this is even reflected on our flags. If you look on the top left, there is a Union Jack, and our head of state is the Queen. It's about to, well, it's the King now. When he's back, King Charles mm-hmm. is about to be crowned. And if you really dig into it, they're still controlled from the UK. They're kind they're not really, truly independent countries. And that's uh, and this is even reflected if you look in like most. There's like 30 percent of New Zealand land is Crown land. In Canada, it's like 80%. It's owned by the UK. So they're not... uh, Canada, Australia and New Zealand are really still part of the UK. It's only The US is quite different. Even the liberal parts of the US are actually more like those others. It's the core heartland. It's the south and the the midwest of the US that is really different. But it's interesting because the equitable and egalitarian thing comes from the fact that New Zealand... Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're not completely independent, but, you know, we have a degree of independence. And the UK is a very classist society. And there was a desire by many of the emigrants—not that's with an e, not an i—people who left the UK and settled in New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand. We call them New Zealand Europeans. There was a desire of by many of those people who settled New Zealand as a country in the 19th century to get away from the rigid and limiting class system of the UK. And this is similar to the US. This is why a lot of people wanted to go to the US. It was about freedom. So. That's a kind of I think where that evolved from. People didn't want to have this, you know, this really like snobby classes thing that they have in the UK. So they talk about the fair go and like giving people a fair go in New Zealand. And so, yeah, egalitarian. We don't like the ideal in New Zealand is that we're all Kiwis and we see it as flat. And no one's above any other person. It kind mm-hmm. of has its roots in Christian values too. It's the idea that we're all equal mm-hmm. under God. Mm-hmm. And then the other part, the equitable thing is it's like equity. It's like everyone has a fair go everyone should have equal opportunities and we have a show in new zealand called fair go which is about that and we don't we we don't like we're supposed to be you know forgiving give people a second chance let them have opportunities okay third point is uh kiwi ingenuity and you probably haven't heard of this if you're not from new zealand but it's well known in new zealand new zealand new zealand is a highly innovative i'll give you the, the little background around the cultural root of this too so because new zealand is so isolated from the main population centers of the world to give you a bit of background new zealand is the antipode of spain so that antipode means like on the opposite side of the planet so if you like if you get a map which overlays them like there are a lot of cities in new zealand that would be i think like yeah in the middle of spain so it's it's on the opposite side of the world from europe and there's islands off the south coast of new zealand that are almost exactly on the opposite side of the world from england so it's a long way away from anything so it's different now that we are In the modern age with, you know, airplanes, even now, a lot of people still say it's very isolated of planes. So you can imagine what it was like in the 19th century. It took like a month to get there. So what did this mean? Well, it had a number of impacts. One of them was that New Zealand was often isolated from markets of the same cultural group, which dominates there, which is, you know, it's it's a Western country. There's 15% indigenous. Uh, The cultural isolation contributes to the toxicity. I'll get into that a bit later. And... Yeah, so often they couldn't people just couldn't get stuff that they needed that was readily and cheaply available in England and Europe because it was so far away, it cost so much to import, it took forever to get there. So people would improvise and they would create stuff that they needed out of things that didn't really suit the application. And this has been termed the quote number eight wire mentality because people would make things out of a certain kind of wire that was used in farming number eight wire and then we just sort of improvised because they didn't have the stuff they needed so ingrained in new zealand's cultural dna is innovation and this kind of a natural sense of inventiveness there's a thing called i think the world innovation index which ranks countries on the number of number of patents and like how many inventions are created per capita new zealand's pretty high
0: up there Mm -hmm. so is the u.s this is one of their shared values number four new zealand's also small so if it's It's if it's if it's if it's up there then comparatively proportional to its size that's pretty big I was talking about per capita, but actually, but even oh. not talking about per capita, actually, you're right.
2: Mm.
1: It punches well above its weight for its size. It's known for that. It does that in a number of areas. It's actually good you mentioned that because we punch, New Zealand punches well above its weight. In sport, you see it. Mm. So, mm-hmm. um, mm. the country has an outsized and disproportionate influence on, you know, the affairs of the world relative to its geographic and population size, which is, you know, something they're proud of. Um, and there should be. It's a, it's a more masculine culture. So prior, prior, pride is an important thing to talk about. Like, I'm proud. I'm proud of you. Even the women say that. Look, that's something we share. The U.S. is a very masculine culture. Yeah, maybe it's, the most. Yeah, I will throw in here a point. Now, there is maybe this is something you could uh, put in a link to in the description box below. There's a system called Hosted Analysis, which ranks cultures on five different metrics. I think it's been expanded to more like seven or eight in recent years. But for example femininity and masculinity individual air individuality and collective collectivism and there's a whole bunch of others i forget them right now but new zealand you'll see and the other Anglo countries are all quite similar the united states interestingly is the most individualistic country on the world in
0: the world yeah that doesn't surprise me yeah there was, there was another one
1: um uh it's something like uh it's not hedonism it's like forget the word but it basically it's a measure of like how laid back and like how much time people like to take off to enjoy things mm-hmm. and new zealand ranks the highest in that for the for the anglo saxon countries mm-hmm. quite quite people america that's one of the good things about new zealand people are americans who move to new zealand often say they have you know, kiwis have a bit of work life balance mm-hmm. they're less overworked than americans mm-hmm. um but the countries are very similar and if you look at with a system which would highly recommend and there's actually on the website if you choose where I'm to put am want to put that link in the description so people can have a look on this website you can select countries you can select up to four and then it will compare them on those four metrics and you'll see yeah, that that's yeah. cool
0: if you send that to me i'll put it in yeah
1: it's really good i would recommend this and yeah. it's a really good framework to understand cultures yeah and so i'll get, I'll be, get back off the point so cool. equitable and egalitarian and uh the, the yeah, easygoing egalitarian and innovation and i talked about innovations yeah, yeah. so i talked about uh, equitable and egalitarian that's number one mm. ah okay uh no, no, no. But so, first you said easy going. So, sorry, sorry, I said yeah, easygoing, relaxed, laid back, and down to earth. Second yeah. I said e- equitable and egalitarian. Third is key innovation. So the other two, number four is what I would describe as stoic dynamism. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh this is a masculine, these are positive masculine traits. It means you can it's just stoicism, basically, in the healthy, you know, Greek philosophical sense. This is going back to the roots of where our cultures evolved from you know, two or three thousand years ago. that's I'll, you know, keep, I'll keep it brief as I just to get through this and so I can c- continue on. Um, and yeah dynamism by that I mean productive and this is shared this is a value shared by the. US. Again, this is shared. Uh, you see this reflected in New Zealand's outsized influence on the world. New Zealand has produced many very successful businesses that have very high productivity. Kiwis when on their good side. When they're healthy, they're great at running businesses. They're very honest. They're on time. They're super productive. They do a great job. New Zealand has created some amazing businesses and some that have gone global, which is quite astonishing given the country has less than a tenth of 1% of the world's population. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's like the size of Oregon, but, or yeah. Ecuador. And we've got 5.1 million people. There's like, I think there's almost, I think it might be 8 billion now. So, you know, one tenth of 1% is still 8 million. So it's not even, a t- it's not even a tenth of 1% of the world's population. New Zealand has an outsized influence on world affairs in many areas. Yeah. Stock dynamism is one of the reasons you see that in business. And this, this is a shared value with the United States. Point number five to wrap it up is I would say connection to nature. So New Zealand is famous. For the natural beauty of its landscapes and let me tell you it's that's a stereotype but it's well deserved I've traveled to about nine different countries so far that's more than a lot of people but for me it's not much I still want to travel to a lot more haven't seen a country as beautiful as New Zealand I do suspect by the time I've reached 30 on my list that I'll still say that New Zealand is the most beautiful overall and it's oh, it's like it's just heavenly beautiful. In yeah. addition, I mean, there's been big movie productions filmed right. like Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, Lord of the Rings gave New Zealand a lot of publicity in this area. It's not just that we have uh, such natural beauty; it's that it's not it's not very crowded. So New Zealand is bigger than England. It's about I think it's a bit bigger than the UK, but the UK and it's you know very similar culturally. But the UK is 67 million people. Mm-hmm. New Zealand is geographically the same size as Ecuador. Even Ecuador has 18 million. We've only got 5.1 million people. South Island is I think the size of Greece, I've only got a million people. Dude, it feels like a zombie apocalypse went through. It's like where are, where is everyone? Like what's going on? Like it's yeah. And
0: people have run like well, a really, about, really brutal COVID lockdown. Oh yeah, I can get into that. Through, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned
1: that. Now this is a good way a good place. That's a great point to segue into the shadows on. So I will just quickly conclude the point about nature and pretty yeah. much done. But you can you can see this cultural value reflected in many areas of life. Even our money, yeah. if you turn over a New Zealand banknote, they have these beautiful native birds on it. So I'm into conservation. One thing I am proud of of New Zealand, New Zealand is a world leader in conservation. And protecting endangered species and making sure they don't go extinct. Why is that? Well, Because they have enormous problems with invasive species. So we've had lost a lot of bird species to predation from things like rats and possums and stoats. And we've figured out a lot of innovative ways to make sure more of these beautiful endemic and native bird species and other species. It's mostly birds, some reptiles. New Zealand has no native land mammals apart from two species of bat one that's mm. already extinct um to, to stop more of these species going extinct we're now exporting a lot of these technologies and techniques to other island nations around the world particularly in the pacific hawaii if you compare it to new zealand has done no offense a terrible job of protecting endangered native species they're still losing them there haven't been any extinctions in new zealand since basically the late 80s mm. um but so we're kind of starting to help other countries, and we're a world leader in that area. And yeah, we're a world leader in conservation because I guess we value our nature, and that's reflected. You, know, you even see it on our money, and we yeah, you even see it on our money. And I think it pretty much wraps it up. I when I did a list online recently, I added in a few more, but I think that's, that's okay for now. I, I might I might add a few more if a couple pop in later, just to kind of give a bit, round it out. But five yeah. is fine for now. Yeah. So moving on to the shadow. Now it's great. <laughs> I think it's a great point to transition into talking about that. Because what we saw during COVID was that the lockdowns in New Zealand were particularly draconian and severe. Yeah. Kind of similar to Australia. It was pretty brutal. Canada wasn't great. Those three. Those
0: three were kind of the worst three.
1: Yeah, they are the worst. And and so I'm not sure if you're familiar with the law of freedom. So this is something, if you want, perhaps, maybe this is something you could put some links to in the description box below as well. Mark Passio is a really... There's a guy who has some really amazing spiritual and metaphysical information that he speaks about. He has a lot of talks on YouTube, and I've watched some of them there, and I learned a lot from him. He talks about this thing, the law of freedom, basically says that tyranny and, tyranny and authoritarianism in a society is inversely proportional to morality in the people. What does that mean? basically the less moral a people are the more degraded spiritually they are the more like kind of sin you could say from a religious perspective the more bad stuff they're doing the more tyranny there will be by people who are very virtuous and responsible Hmm. tyranny won't really be there so what does
0: this mean by could be like the other direction of causality too right there's an element of that puts people in a survival mode and then in survival mode they are uh they lose the sensitivity and the awareness and the the um like the care of the other and they're just surviving yeah
1: Yeah, so there's you're right there's a bit of both uh that's a really good point this is something i've thought about a lot so just to give an example of a piece of wisdom which reflects what you're saying there's a quote i like which is about urban design which is first we shape our cities then our cities shape us Mm, yeah it's true that both happen you have to get the order right because otherwise it's it becomes a victim thing and you lose your power it's like because it's true, like once we create, the collective consciousness creates the systems, social and economic structures that then feed back into the collective consciousness. But we do ourselves through our own thoughts, feelings and who we are, create the systems and then they impact us. And if it wasn't that way, we could never change. But the individual has the change Power to change the systems for their, you know, contributions. They have the power to leave the country, even if those systems become very harsh and brutal, which is what's happening in New Zealand. So yeah, it's both, but you have to get the order right because we still have, we're still powerful. We still have power. Right. Mm-hmm. It media, starts with our internal power and connection. That's actually like, that's the most right. upstream. That's right. And then the, but the media likes to kind of convince us that's not the case, but it is. So yeah. there's yeah. hope, but uh, there's not a lot of hope in New Zealand at the moment for a lot of people. It's brutal. Right? and, yeah, the, the draconian, harsh, authoritarian nature of the lockdowns in New Zealand is a reflection of the spiritual degradation of the society in recent years. Uh, coming back to the statistics earlier, like, it's just. I
0: don't even know really where to start. And I have to be careful. Are you okay?
1: No, that's fine. I was going to ask it's all, it's all going well.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, I think, like, there is a balance of, you know. Flow and structure. Yeah, and so. I. I like, we've, you know, we've taken almost an hour to talk about the first thing. I I mean, there's been good stuff all throughout, so it's not bad, but it's, uh, you know, maybe like,
1: I, I guess I was a little sensitive around that because I've had issues with that in the past. Just, um, I can do, I can do organized, structured and focused, just being real. I know because I'm not at uni, I'm just out of practice and like, it's been- I'm out of
0: practice too. This is the perfect podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so I think, I so we're both learning. Yeah, so my attention span has been hammered in recent years, so I can't even listen to something that long. I'm rebuilding it. I will be able to again. I mean, I can't even read books anymore because it's just stuff I've been through, like whatever. But I am rebuilding But there's good stuff
0: here. So if you are dealing with that with the attention span, hang in there. (laughs) You will feel good after you listen to something long if you put the time in. I feel that. Like if I listen to a long podcast or even read a book, wow, that's the next level. But uh, I feel a deeper fulfillment.
1: Yeah, there is a lot of value. I find this TLDR. Too mm. long, didn't read. Yeah, yeah. 500 words, bro. Shut up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time for this. No wonder we got so many angry and like pissed off. Unsatisfied woman. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Too honey. Two, two minutes. Are you, are you kidding? I don't have that much time. Like, like, yeah, I'm sure you're going to satisfy your woman in, uh, you know,
0: yeah. in 90 seconds. I'm just kidding. But it's kind of true. We all have that impulse of like, get to the point. But as a podcaster, it's a great exercise. And no, you know, the point is exactly what's coming up for you. I'm listening.
1: Yeah, Alan Watts talks about it. It's like the point of playing a musical instrument. This is a good analogy for the flow state. It's the best musicians. You know, it's, if life was all about getting to the point, then songs would be like five seconds long. Yeah, it's it's about you know being in the moment and letting that flow come through. So it's just good to let that go, let go in situations like this, and then people's natural character will just come out. Being European probably have a tendency to go into a bit more depth in things and things and a bit more flow And uh, these situations. I think that's part of it because I'm bicultural. and am part Spanish, mostly Spanish, part Kiwi, but. Just being real, a lot of it is also that our societies have been dumbed down. So what I want, the point I want to make, I have to be mindful of this because sometimes I self censor because I think I have to mold myself to a certain mm. format. And the analogy I would use yeah. is it's like these trees out in the garden. And I sometimes feel through pressure to like it's like I self censor and change who I am and I start pruning myself instead of growing wild and th- wild and free in my own authenticity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to do a poem about that had inside of inspiration for a good poem, talking about authenticity, using that analogy. And yeah, you know, to be fair, I mean you can go too far and be verbose. But uh, in general, what I mean is that attention is good and depth is good. This is what you know; it gives meaning to life. It's like, yeah, if all songs were ten seconds long, what good would that be? But uh, a large part of this toxicity that's happened globally, that's been promoted globally, is. Reducing people's attention spans and and making, which creates a kind of a shallower world of less depth and beauty. Yeah. And what we see in the Anglo-Saxon world, this is part of the shadow, which we see in New Zealand, not only New Zealand, but also in the US, you can see it strongly. We end up internalizing capitalism and it shows up everywhere. It's like, sorry, I don't have time to listen to your problems. It's like, I need to make money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's resonating. That's why I saw. Yeah. I, I know. I
1: understand. So, uh, yeah, it's an issue in New Zealand. And it's, it's a, it's a yeah. world of
0: shallowness where people can't be bothered to care, to be connected to their heart, to listen to people who need to be heard, which is tragic. And the more I've healed from it, the more I've seen the tragedy of it. And I'm still healing from it. It's still in me. You know, we were in the matrix or parts of the matrix, but the matrix is in us too. Ooh, I like that. It's, deep. it's, I stole it. <laughs> I stole it. Oh, wow. Uh, but, uh, it's good. It is, and it's true, and uh, and I think we all have been affected by this energy you're talking about, this worldwide toxicity of yeah. narcissism, of uh, of survival mode and self-centeredness, and just to-the-pointness that doesn't leave any room for exploration and being wild and free, like you're saying. And I think it's tied in with masculine and feminine as well, because when guys are talking, it's to the point. The purpose of talking is to make a point and to figure something out. It's, it's um, action-based. Yeah, and, and and this is just stereotyping and gross generalizations. But often women are talking to talk to enjoy the exchange yeah, and, and exactly, the process,
2: exactly. the
0: flow. Um, I think of the flow as more feminine, and the structure as more masculine. Ooh, I like that. It's true. We we do need That's both, true. but we we've been but we've been lost in structure mm. in this uh, this culture that has expanded around the world to the point that, as you point out, we've forgotten our hearts, and it's heartbreaking. Wow.
1: Beautiful. No, you put that beautifully, and you're right. We've forgotten our hearts. It's heart. It's literally heartbreaking. And I've seen. Oh, sorry. I, well, humility. How did I forget that? That's New Zealand's number one thing, actually. <laughs> How did I forget that? I don't know. Anyway, I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. That's the number one. I can't believe I forgot. That's actually number one.
0: So, yeah, so, that, that resonates. Uh, to, to briefly interject, yeah, our yeah, mutual yeah. friend in Vilcabamba, who is also from New Zealand, yeah. was telling me about the differences in U.S. and New Zealand culture. And I guess it relates, relates to the easygoing does, nature as well, which he's previously listed as number one. Mm. But he said that in a coffee shop, people from the U.S. will walk in and say, I'll take a cappuccino. And in New Zealand, if you went in and said, I'll take this, they'd be like, what? You're going to take it? Really? It's more polite. Yeah. And it's it also reflects the uh, conquering energy that Ooh. I think lives on in Damn. the U.S. Deep. The deep. Uh, the viewing of everyday life experiences as something to win, something to conquer. I think Trump embodied that a lot. And that's where we lose the heart. But... After the digression, um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the humility?
1: Sure. So, uh, hum- humility for me is more of like a—it's a positive masculine quality, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you brought it up because this is a good part. Of where this is critical to me segueing to the discussion of the shadow. This is the area where I I see personally the most distortion in New Zealand's natural character, and so yeah, New Zealand has very much lost. Touched with its hearts you were talking about kim right yeah yeah i like kim kim's a great guy, he's a beautiful human I, his wife irene's great too she, she embodies a lot of the best in the united states and he embodies yeah. a lot of the best in new zealand i actually was just telling him today they're both natural leaders and very because they're very virtuous but they're and yeah and just but just really nice pleasant people to be around and totally and i see yeah but yeah you can see the humility kim embodies that well and new zealand is i don't know how i forgot that but it's fine uh it's popped up when it needed to and yeah, the number one value in New Zealand is humility. We're supposed to be humble, and what does this mean? It means you don't put yourself above other people. You treat people fairly, and you're right, equitable, egalitarian. Uh, also, to an extent, yeah, easygoing and like down to earth. They all kind of stem from that. So, if we had were to put the top five just to review, you would bump that to point uh, that one to number two, and then the the point about the connection to nature would become number six. But number one is definitely humility, in the same way the number one value in the United States is freedom. And yeah, Kiwis naturally like. They don't, you're not supposed to, okay, I'll talk about the positive expressions. We don't see, put ourselves above others. We don't like to show off too much. It comes partly from that classes thing too. It's like, we don't want a classist society. We want people to be equal. So that means it was originally connected to the Christian thing too. It's like, yeah, we're all equal under God. So you humble yourself and then God will help you as opposed to being, thinking you're God and being an arrogant asshole because, you know, you're not. And, but that's what's happened in New Zealand. Like most, this, I've never, I'm not sure I've seen a country of as, as, I'm not sure I've been in a country of as much arrogance as New Zealand has Really? Right that's really They're surprising. so, I won't swear. That's so, I'll say, I won't say that, I'll, they are so freaking arrogant. <laughs> just to not to swear. You, you can swear. Okay, that's Up cool. Just
0: you. go, I, I, yeah. I fucking love freedom. I'm an American. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I, I might, um, Okay, I'll swear, what I'll do, I do this on my, actually when I had on my YouTube channel. I'll swear rarely, but I just don't, I, I think, uh, it's okay to use it every now and then, I find. Just to clear. From my perspective is that, oh my God, this is hilarious. I've never heard such bad language as I've heard in New Zealand. And this is, like, I literally have a cousin, and I saw a YouTube video, and he used the C word. I, I don't, I won't say it, because I think it's so sort of harsh and nasty, I basically don't use it. And I will point out. It is important to be aware of the energy of the words we use. And this yeah, is something where I yeah. like, about, like about the US. A lot of this language is frowned upon as, as like, as rude and coarse. And it should be, dude. Because I've noticed when you start using really rough language all the time, it drops the consciousness. At the same time, personally, I'm okay with you dropping the F bomb every now and then. Even the C bomb
0: if in a really like extreme situation. And I think it's, it's the intention. Like words, yeah. words have an energy behind them, but it's not a fixed thing. Yes, like I no agree. one entity defines what fuck connotes. And mm. I think if you're using it in a certain context to exhibit freedom, or maybe even to yeah. show the people you're with that, hey, like, we're cool, we're friendly, you can be casual. Yeah, that's okay. okay. I think with that intention, there can be a light to it. I think it's always the intention. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think what I've observed, you see this of sexuality too, like, there's all kinds of stuff people can do in sexuality. But if you keep your consciousness high, it's like, it's never going to become a destructive, like nasty thing so I think it, it will always be like a, a healthy loving experience so I think there's a place if you're in that kind of healthier loving energy there's a place to use those words in a funny way yeah. occasionally for emphasis and and also occasionally when necessary to like tell people you know to put up a boundary uh, a good example maybe this is a link you could put in the description box below uh, yeah. so there's a, this girl Galatea she's English she's from Yorkshire who runs a channel called The Authentic Observer which they, she discusses a lot of these kind of issues and talks about mm-hmm. masculine feminine energy a lot and she's, she has an accent which is described as a, they call it RP I think it's received pronunciation it's also often known as the Queen's English it's very posh mm. she has that accent but she can also switch between a more kind of like working class and northern accent mm. She, she mostly like Russell Brand style yeah similar but she's but like i told i told her this in comments and people liked it because they're great she, she has the expect a very classy girl and like uh yeah really great i really like galatea's work highly recommend her actually but she's and she's funny i she's one of the funniest women i've ever seen and she doesn't even realize that she's hilarious and but she'll like use she'll see it's so funny just to hear this i, I find her very attractive so i actually told her that in comments i said i have a i told her i have a uh platonic low-key platonic fanboy crush on <laughs> but yeah cute redhead so this is like cute highly sophisticated classy english woman and she's like she's young she's like 26 like saying using the c word c-u-n-t and saying fuck and it's just hilarious and like like making sexual jokes saying this stuff and this kind of uh, um so i think that's an example of using it in a healthy way and in general though i think yeah like for me if you're using it i agree with you it's about the intention but if you're using it all the time, I find like the intention is bad because the consciousness is bad. I literally had a, C New Zealanders use the C word three times in two sentences. Jesus. Like, yeah, like, can you, like, can you pass me a fork? Can you pass me one of those C U N Ts, bro? <laughs> it's like, like, I, it's laughable how degraded the language is. And that's a reflection of the degraded consciousness. And I will, uh, I'll give some yeah, other It sounds like idiocracy. It, it, yeah, it totally is. It's so dumbed down. And it, they, there are inversions you see there too. So we, we can see the cultural shadows of many countries reflected in their language. I had a friend in, on the coast. Uh, is hilarious, actually. I sent him some blunt, prophetic dream messages, and he blocked me. He's <laughs> <Like, laughs> more atheist. And he's like, "Okay, I'm out." <laughs> it's a really nice guy, like so I yeah. get it, guys. Like, but Josh I had to warn you. Anyway, that's not the topic. Let but, me uh, let me
0: adjust the gain here. Yeah. It looks like you're clipping out. Oh,
1: yeah, it was funny, but uh, he made this point. It's like you're crushing it, bro. You're killing it. They said in the US, he's like, "Stop." <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I mean, think about the language. Yeah, you're killing it. You're yeah. crushing New Zealand. They say mean. Yeah. Mean, bro. Well, yeah. Being mean's not a good thing. Yeah. So this is a reflection of the satanic conversion you see there. And sorry, yeah. The I don't know. Like it's um, it's become just yeah brutal. And I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. All good. We were. Sometimes that's where the magic happens. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go with this on the floor. It'll come back if it's you're saying
0: that it's brutal, and I do want to talk about how it has affected you, and you know, talk from the heart and and how you grew up in that culture.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, but also what we were talking about is how these six or so values of the New Zealand character get distorted, and what that shadow oh, yeah, side yeah, looks that's like. Okay. I think that's sort of the theme that's emerging here: is cultural shadows. Yeah, that's it. So.
1: I mean, to be honest, look, I'll just be straight up. Guys, when I did that, I started having a self-hating inner dialogue coming up. Like, you, when you did what? When I, when I forgot my point. No, it's nothing you did. It's like, you, fr- like, I'll be straight up. It's like, no. you freak, you weirdo, no. like, you pussy, like, you're, like, it's like, you're a fag because you can't get to your point. I'm serious. It's, they wouldn't use that language, but it's brutal. And you weren't doing that. Now, you weren't doing that. Of course. Yeah. But this is, it's a brutal place. Like, if I was my natural self, You know i haven't been authentic since i was seven years old because being authentic gets you fucking crucified it got me crucified like i would express my love of nature and i would be like i just completely put it in a box and forgot about it for 20 years and it's just a brutal but i saw it happen to other people it's so um and oh yeah that's kind of it's okay like so it's okay to kind of like we need diversity in the world you know i i want to be part of I want to be a rain, a wild rainforest tree in my own with authenticity, growing wild and free. Uh, yeah, and I don't want to be a freaking pine and a plantation. So diversity is what makes the world beautiful. And I had a download about this in recent years. Fear enforces conformity. Love nurtures diversity. Soci- societies that are less toxic are more accepting of differences.
0: I see this here in Ecuador. Yeah. it's a great sign for where we are now. Yeah, uh, to just take the mic for a minute or sure, two of course. because. Here is a very bizarre place. Technically, we're in yep. San Pedro de Vilcabamba where I live, but Vilcabamba is the is the town here. Yeah, and it's about five thousand people, and about half, at least half, are foreigners, expats in San Pedro in Vilcabamba.
1: Would you say it's that much? Because I've yeah. I've heard it's. I, I wouldn't be surprised. What I heard is that it's five
0: to seven thousand people and it's around a mm-hmm. thousand foreigners, but I, I feel like it's really? more. Really? I, I, I feel, feel like, it's, like it's a bigger percentage. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's more now. It feels like half to me. Uh, San Pedro yeah. is mostly just locals, but mm. Vilcabamba has this reputation as uh, a place that attracts spiritual seekers, a place that attracts, um, conspiracy theorists a place that attracts people looking to leave the system basically and uh and live in nature and have community and and that's why i came here Mm. Uh, and a lot of us came here but uh it's not a place without problems it has big shadows as well Mm. um i could talk about that for a long time i've written a little bit about it in my blog i won't talk about it too much but a lot of it is this like this energy of Mm. foreigners coming in, making a home here and not having the sensitivity to what's already here to Ecuador and not integrating, not learning Spanish. And that happens a lot less in our generation, but uh, it it happens. And, uh, and it makes me think that uh, the love here is, is really exemplary insofar as how the locals tolerate it all, because Mm. There's like some anthropological statistic that anything above a certain percentage of foreigners in an area kind of feels like an invasion. It's ten percent.
1: That's what I heard. Ten percent. So it's way over, over ten. Here.
0: Way over ten. And the locals have tolerated it, even though you know the gentrification here makes gentrification in the U.S. look like nothing. You know, it's it's the place has been utterly transformed by the foreigners. Yeah. And the locals. Tolerate it, and and that just—I yeah. thought of that when you talked about love, encouraging diversity, the love and the connectedness to the heart that is here is is something to really treasure, and uh, and also speaking from my heart and going back to what we were talking about, yeah. um I feel for you with you were saying talking about your inner monologue, thanks, and I resonate. You know, I have those inner monologues too, in and yeah. That really nasty self talk that can come from culture, which is is very much what I want to talk about here. Not just that; I want to talk about the dreams and other things too. Yeah, come into uh, that.
2: Yeah,
0: how the things we absorb from the culture become a part of us—the matrix within us—and how we talk yeah. to ourselves from that. And and yeah, you struggle with it. I struggle with it. Uh, and I just want to say, yeah, I care about you and feel for you. And, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, Roman. And I'm I'm definitely not thinking or saying those things.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's. Just interesting to reflect on, on. I guess that it's kind of a reflection of some of the damage that I'm still working through, and you know, I've been deprogramming here and healing from all of those things. But it, it's pretty harsh. It can be quite harsh in that way. And like, like I say, like I and it's a good analogy. I work in conservation. My focus is on rainforest conservation and marine conservation. The most diverse marine ecosystems are the ones with the highest plant productivity. So they're effectively rainforests of the sea. They're basically coral reefs and kelp forests. The open oceans are kinds of kinds of desert, kind of deserts uh biologically so yeah like it's a good analogy in terms of psychology and spirituality because that's the area i'm working in and my it's my passion in the external reality the rainforest of the ocean and the land and yeah new zealand just wasn't ever going to be a good fit for me because they're all about pine plantations dude they don't like the rainforest Mm -hmm. (laughs) spiritually in terms of conservation they're not bad but um yeah so it's if you want to live your authentic self you basically have to leave And, and that's what happened to me we can see that New Zealand is a very toxic culture based on the natural, on the unnatural distortion of its natural cultural values. And yeah, it's a good place to come back to because it was actually a really beautiful experience. In the end, I was shown through dreams. I was able to actually like spiritually bring a girl back to life. She'd been basically like so traumatized and shut down. She was like a zombie and I was able to like revive the, the like the soul in her by giving her all this love, which is a really nice thing. And, and she, so she connected with her soul through me, telling her certain things and you could actually see the transformation.
0: Which girl was this? Uh,
1: this is... Mm, we're not going into too much detail. She's This is someone who is... Uh, this person is my... I've been shown as in dreams. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to give away they are. But I've been shown and told that my future wife... I will say, like, I was shown, like, yep, you're going to have... This is your person. You're going to get married. You're going to have children with her. I, I got told, you need to ask her to marry you by email. And I did. <laughs> and she was like...
0: Oh, you've gone way too far! He's
1: <laughs> like, no, I'm in love with you. If you don't want me, tell me, and I'll move on. She was like, holy yeah. shit! Okay, <laughs> hey, I feel the same way. I right. mean, I
0: mean, you, you can't sit back and see this is wild. You know, it's for, insane for to have a dream I think it's hilarious. Telling you who your wife is? I think it's hilarious.
1: I think it's funny. It's it's nuts, but, it, but yeah. it's real. It's just bizarre. Like I had, a, I've had like literally a hundred dreams about it. Yeah, and um, about her. Yeah,
0: it's more than that. I mean, I'm really interested to see where it goes because I'm not saying. I know you're wrong. I'm saying I don't <laughs> okay, know. I We've talked. and fine. I, I have yeah. no problem. I, I'd I mean, be skeptical. <laughs> it's pretty weird. I think it's healthy to be skeptical. I completely agree. I, I don't know. Right, hold on. Let me finish. Sorry. Sorry. All oh, good. Yeah. Um, I think it's healthy to be skeptical in general. Um, yeah. And with regard to this, I am. And with regard to... Your prophetic dreams about the fate of the modern world. Yeah. I, I just don't believe we know anything in the future for certain. I see the patterns that you see and, and it certainly sounds plausible. Yeah. And I've said on this podcast actually, before I stopped this podcast, I said that I foresee financial institutions, uh, medical, academic Basically, all the institutions, the modern structures collapsing. Yeah. Uh, And I was a little off on the timing of that. I thought it was going to happen already, but I still can see these patterns. And, you know, what you've talked about in dreams doesn't sound crazy to me. I, I don't view you as crazy, but I also don't think we ever know for sure. Yeah, it's but cool. it's fascinating and I'm really interested to, to hear all of it regarding your wife regarding the world <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to see how it plays out the, the wife and my life so um, I'm
1: actually a fairly private person but like the stuff I'm happy to talk about openly especially because I've had a bizarre life story and actually I can see that part of my purpose is to share that story to help others heal It's you know back to the fractal yeah, thing which is
0: a lot of what this has been about this, this podcast is,
1: exactly so i just want to point out when you said like hold on let me finish now either this is legitimate for you to say that i actually want to point out that i didn't used to do that so much and this is something i'm healing on working on uh so i actually oh, i have an anxiety ex- i have some ocd which i'm still working through i'm, I'm pretty relaxed i was always relaxed to say i have depression i have ocd but mm-hmm. a lot of new zealanders would get freaked out there's a lot of fear-based programming it's like yeah, yeah. I have, it's like I worry about things sometimes. They just assume you're like a psychopathic serial killer because there's so much fear in the culture. But I would just like to point out, um, yeah, not mean to interrupt, you know, it's something but obviously, I mean, I know, you know, it's something personal. Uh, It's not, it's not a disrespect thing. So it's actually, I realized it's part of the, I'm still healing from this. It's part of, yeah, it's part of my journey when I, I'm still relaxing when I can't, when I feel under pressure and, um. Because my life, so it's been a lot, under a lot of pressure. I kind of. Yeah, especially now at the moment. Yeah, I have, I have huge, I've had huge pressure. I've been in survival mode for 20 years. It locks me in my own world and at times I have trouble. I have trouble listening because I'm so, I'm always thinking about and overthinking as a
0: survival mode. So I'm not meaning to interrupt. Yeah. I, I'm not
1: naturally like that, but
0: I just want to clear that because I, yeah. I don't like interrupting. I relate to that and I've done that as well. Thanks. So yeah, I hear you Thanks. and I, I know you're under a lot of stress right now.
1: Thanks. So I'm, but yeah, I'm, I'm magnificent. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and yeah. It's
0: beautiful. I'm like sharing from that authentic place. That's exactly what I wanted to do here with me. Like, yeah, I, I nice, would be a better nice. host if I weren't. Going, having sweats from the cannabis leaving my system, but but uh, yeah. it's beautiful. We're sharing from where we're at, and people might resonate with that, and and it's relatable.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think we need we do need more of it because the reality is too. Yeah, I'll just make this point briefly before I crap back into uh, yeah the, the core of the cultural shadow in New Zealand. I had an experience with a troll from the US on YouTube two years ago. And man, I changed my life a little bit after this. I basically, I said, I'm never reading comment replies on YouTube ever again. I just don't read them because I was more sensitive. Mm. And if I had a dream, yeah, God told me that, yeah, big mistakes, embarrassing mistakes and harsh, brutal words. I got told Yeah, you need to avoid them because they affect your energy so much because I'm quite sensitive.
0: Yeah. I can tell you from being on reality TV, I've taken in hundreds of thousands of those and it, it does take a toll. But you also get a thick skin and realize it doesn't fucking matter what anyone thinks.
1: It's Yeah, it's a balance. And I guess like, for me, I guess, if I'm honest, um, okay, so, so for me, it's a bit different because I, I know I can actually handle that stuff more when I have my needs met. But right now I don't, I had to cut off, I've had to cut off my entire blood family. I'm estranged from my country birth. You know, I don't have a job. I don't have a stable home. I'm under so much stress. Yeah, I, right now I can't really handle it. But what happened anyway, this was this, this common exchange. This guy said this really harsh, brutal thing to me. And then I said, I feel so, basically I said to him, I feel sorry for you because you must be really sad to be that harsh. And he was sort of mocking. He was like, you think that you go ahead and think that I'm quite happy. And I was like, and I said, wow, that's actually worse. You enjoy it. And the lesson I got was when you're authentic, you might get some hits and knockbacks. Those knockbacks and that harshness is only people living the lie, and if you persist, it'll just fall away because you reveal yourself; they reveal themselves, yeah. And they'll only re- reveal themselves as an asshole. So it's really about what you can handle. Yep. It, it's uh, uh, this is uh, I like this. Oh my gosh, you, you'd like this. I don't like to call it vulnerability. Now this isn't original; I can't claim this. I saw this from a YouTube comment. It's actually a satanic inversion for me. It's more like invulnerability. It doesn't make truth doesn't make you vulnerable. It makes you strong. So, so saying it's like, I know what you mean, but like, it's not, a bit, not what you're saying, but the term mm-hmm. vulnerability, it's the opposite. The lie makes you vulnerable. The lie makes you weak. The truth makes uh, you strong. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and so we need to, I think it's good to normalize that. You need, the, I like that. You, you need the vulnerability or maybe the courage to live in the truth and to speak your truth, but then it empowers you. And, and yeah, I hear that in vulnerability when you're aligned with the truth.
1: Yeah. It's super important. And Yeah, you have to kind of gauge it at times because, you know, some people, they can't handle certain things people can't handle. They're not ready for. And then if you bring it up, you'll actually scare them or overload them. And that's a lesson I learned along the journey of waking to the truth, learning about conspiracies and things. You don't want to freak people out. So you have to gauge your audience to be tactful. But yeah, yeah, truth is the way to go. You just have to understand what people can, are ready for. Um, so yeah, come back. So coming back to the point about the cultural shadow in New Zealand. Yeah, you can see it reflected in the language so much arrogance though just so much air kim's kim's great kim's naturally humble he, Oh, oh my God. how did i i don't know what's going on Roman. i i now this would be the stress as well but it's okay i will get like it, it's it's coming when it needs to um <laughs> i can't believe i forgot this first equal humility and humor
0: mm. <laughs> yeah funny kim's are funny so, so, so you remembered three through seven of the values and forgot the top two. four four through se- five through seven you've Uh, uh, you had five initially so but I forgot the first the most important ones I don't know how
1: but um but that's yeah to be honest it's, whatever, it's fine it's okay i'm under a lot of stress just being real i'm not i'm not i'm not at 100 in my series of my life and you know yeah uh i was shown in dreams that 90 percent people don't even survive when i went through so you gotta kind of deal with me but it's yeah it's here now anyway yeah. um and yeah depth and attention is good so if it takes a while to come it's okay right and,
0: and for the people listening yeah. I, I feel like this is a good exercise in patience and, and non-judgment like meeting someone where they are and just not assuming, you know, anything about how they got to that place. Like you've been through a tremendous amount, like you say, Yeah. and that what you've been through isn't necessarily a direct measure of trauma or what, of what you deal with people interpret in different ways. But like me, I know you're super, super sensitive, Yeah. which is a beautiful thing. I used to not want to own that quality because I'm like, no, I'm strong. I'm not sensitive, but actually it doesn't contradict strength. But it does uh it, it could leave you vulnerable to the cultural shadows you have waded through.
1: Yeah, so I think you bring up a really good point, and this is uh I had a fascinating insight. here. so uh yeah you can see the cultural shadow in new zealand in terms of like the savagery and psychological brutality that i was subjected to which almost killed me and drove me to suicide and it actually left me homeless starving at points and i was almost murdered by a serial killer in byron bay
0: in new zealand you know, in, in australia and uh, they, they brutally
1: murdered a guy four and a half months later he was like it was horrific and i knew they were going to kill him as someone and i tried to report it to the cops they ignored it so literally I almost died because of this um in a way like not being understood and rejected but uh it's funny, you know? It's a double-edged sword because I, I... strength is the different kinds of strength, different times of intelligence. You see forms of intelligence, in parts of Ecuador here that are not quite rare, mostly non existent in the modern world. For example, I work with three tribes in the Amazon who dream they have prophetic dreams and at least half of them have prophetic dreams every night and they talk about it when they wake up now i do this and i've developed this ability but for them it's normal and they have they have a form of telepathy which they you know these are psychic abilities and you know if you really develop this i'm not kidding there are ways to you know you can actually literally have conversations with animals intuitively telepathically and this is not even most people don't even wear i not even aware of this it's like you know they yeah. think it's just, anyway they think it's just harry potter the point is though there are different forms of intelligence and just because it's uh not understood doesn't mean it's invalid so like it's while it's true that strength and, and sensitivity don't necessarily contradict each other i would contend that actually sensitivity is a strength of its own kind and and while it, it was weird because while it got me clobbered in new zealand it also saved me because i was living mm. dreams out of the
0: country yeah you had the awareness to get out yeah
1: and i was i was told to get out in dreams so yeah. um yeah like you could just see that they're meant to be humble they're arrogant they're meant to be equitable egalitarian down to earth and easy going. They're really judgmental and classist right now. They're meant to be connected to nature. There's a lot of environmental destruction for corporate profit. They're meant to be. Uh, supporters of ingenuity because of this toxicity. Remember what I said, fear, love and, and nurtures diversity, fear enforces conformity. People are very critical of people who want to do anything different. They're not receptive to new things. You know, the ego fears change. They don't like... No. To be fair, there's still a lot of... If you come up with an idea and you make money, they like it. But just being different, they don't tolerate diversity. But you need that ability to be innovative. So it's more like just shut up and be the same as everyone else. So what you'll see in New Zealand is that we can see the toxicity reflected in the fact that a lot of these... The core values are actually absent. They're kind of not there because people, they're cut off from their hearts. So let me, let me go through it. Okay. Humor, um, they, still, they still value humor. But even, even that, when you shut down someone's ability to be authentic and free, that you can't be funny. Because humor comes from a flow state. So that's inhibited. You still see, like, they still value that. It's not, and it's, it's Yeah. When your heart shut down, you can't be really funny. There's not much genuine comedy. So it's affected that. You definitely see it with, um, yep, humility. So those are the first two things values, humility and humor. Uh, yep, you see it there. Number two. And when you
0: say you see it, you see the perversion of these qualities that can be good characteristics into a shadow. Yeah, they, they kind of become absent. Like, it's, they, you can see that
1: they're not being their true. How do, let me back up. I need to think about how I'm going to wear this.
0: Sure. I'm going to turn a couple of lights on. Sure.
1: sure. Sweet.
0: Okay, the analogy I'll
1: use is that masculinity and femininity and humanity are all inherently positive. You will hear discussion in the media of toxic, mas- toxic masculinity, to a much lesser extent, toxic femininity. That's an issue too and that's true but because that that's kind of a thing but it's actually not toxic masculinity not toxic femininity when people aren't in their hearts like toxic masculinity and toxic femininity okay let's just talk about toxic masculinity for example it's not masculine at all it's, right. it's like the absence so it's boys trying to posture as men. Exactly. I don't know where you got that from because I had that exact download, and a lot of people, guys in my family, like Like we are men, we are men. I had a friend here. I talked to about this, and it's like, yeah. It's like pigeons don't talk about how like yeah, yeah we're <laughs> pigeons. We shit sure on cars. It's like, dude, dude, like you've clearly got like. Like, a real pigeon just shits on cars, and there's a pigeon. It doesn't need to talk about how much of a pigeon it is. It's like, <laughs> you're a beautiful woman. You know, I'm so hot. I'm so, it's like, you just are. Yeah. So, it's... I don't, I don't... I say this with empathy and compassion, but I kind of feel sorry for a lot of people in New Zealand who do this. Like, I'm a man. It's like, well, you're right. That boy is posturing as men. And why are they posturing? Because they don't know how to do it. Because they, they're not being it naturally. So, they have to act. That's yeah. why they have to posture, because it's not say. who they are. Yeah, because they... You have to be connected to your heart to you know, live your soul and your truth. So when you're cut off from that you just become this kind of lost soul who just like kind of acts often and imitates because you don't know who you are and that's what they want. And that's one of the reasons right. a lot of New Zealand... I had a dream about this which explains it So which I get to see. So just to go through the values again. Funny, uh, humor and humility which are first equal the main values of New Zealand. Next I mentioned easy going, uh, easy going down to earth laid back uh, and, yeah, that is, yeah, like I said, they're not like that right now. They're really harsh, really judgmental, very, um, and because they're so sort of repressed, like they're really, uh, people who are easygoing and laid back can take criticism. Kiwis can't. Most Kiwis cannot. But it's because most Kiwis have very low self-esteem. And, and it's like, what okay, if I had to articulate the nature of the collective toxicity in New Zealand, it's collective narcissism. And another term is mass psychosis. And New Zealand is a case study in both. And there's all this violence and savagery. And there's a lack of love. God told me straight up in a dream, 70%, percent seven zero of New Zealanders are emotionally retarded. And trust, uh, trust me, it's accurate. I've seen it. I've had so many dreams with God showing me how awful New Zealand is. I don't even have time to even begin to get into it because I've had so many, but it's brutal. And uh, I mentioned the one where I was shown that it's worse than the worst parts of the US. And because of this lack of love, people... They can't be their true selves. They're really judgmental, and yeah, they, it's low self esteem. So, so they they don't they're not easy going and laid back. So that's
0: number two. Yeah. No yeah. number. Th- um, you gonna say something? I had the thought to maybe say something. It was just about narcissism. Yeah, that, go, 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 uh, go. I mean, we were talking about this earlier that, uh, like. Similar to, I guess, the the toxic masculinity or the masculine posturing, like yeah. narcissism is a compensation. Like there are mm-hmm. deeply mm-hmm. unmet needs of a child and then the child develops never having those needs met, usually just to be loved, to be heard. And they are forever trying to fill those needs, even if they're 50, 60, 70, still trying to fill those needs that weren't met as a child. Damn. And it's... And so... It's it's funny because like behind how these things look is uh, is a deep wound. Like that guy bullying you, saying I'm happy, you know, bullying you, deep wound.
1: Yeah, I agree. Hey, but but I would contend also, uh, potentially contend, potentially argue in a, you know, in a in a convivial, like friendly way that actually I learned this the hard way from my family. They're not disorders in many cases. It's who they are. You can't heal narcissism. It's who it is. It's like, uh, so uh, I
0: I fundamentally disagree that, There are people who are beyond healing. Yeah. I mean, so maybe we can have that convivial disagreement. We can helpfully disagree. It's It's always degrees. I mean, if you talk about a guy on his deathbed at 87 years old who's deeply narcissistic and he's like about to die, okay, maybe there's not time for that guy. But I don't believe in what psychiatry has said that there are some conditions that are irreparable. I do believe as long as the heart is beating, you can heal.
1: Right. So I'm glad you brought that up. And this this allows me to segue into further... Mm. Step and the, the narrative of what I'm talking about here. So I kept, so I, I will briefly conclude what the points, uh, you know, the distortion of the core cultural values and how we can see, you know, that, that New Zealand is in this dark state based on that. We, we're not seeing the true heart and soul of New Zealand. And ironically, Ryman, I didn't start to become more of a Kiwi until I got here because mm-hmm. I couldn't connect with my soul truly as a bicultural guy Who's mostly Spanish, but also Kiwi. I'm both. I lean more Spanish, but I am Kiwi too. I'm literally both. I've never been more of a Kiwi than when I left New Zealand because I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to be in New Zealand. I wasn't allowed to be myself. And Kim, like, he's great. He's like that too. And and he is one of the most positive people I've met. And he he didn't like New Zealand at all. And he had similar, horrific, he had some very violent experiences there too. Like, um, he's a tough guy, so he could handle it, but it was, he didn't have his dark stuff. So, so I will conclude that. And then I would like to talk about, uh, why, the reasons, like, why is this the case? And you know, like, why, like, said, so we're talking about, like, what is the problem? I'd like to explore the origins. And that's the kind of something you prompted me to get into, like, like, cause I see four kinds of dysfunction. So I'll, uh, so I'll get into these two lists after I conclude, yeah, the distortion of the core cultural values. So I covered the first three. So yeah, healthy, we'll call humor and humility first equal. That's one. It's two, yeah, equitable, egalitarian, easy going down to earth. Three. No, uh, no, no. So three was yeah, easy going. No, no, no. Three was easy going. Oh, uh, two yeah. was easy going and down to earth. Three was equitable and egalitarian. Mm-hmm. I briefly mentioned the distortion of that before, just to quickly uh, cover these the last ones. Historically, yeah, it's meant to be egalitarian. New Zealand's very classist at the moment. It's very, very divided. Huge inequalities of wealth. Massive lack of compassion. Very high level of homelessness. We have some of the most expensive real estate in the world. Uh, it's very hard to get ahead. And there's little compassion for people who who can't and it's not historically who we were uh, briefly I will say that in the 1960s New Zealand was one of the most equal countries in the world and top three richest too interestingly so, so we're still wealthy but we're full on both in terms of quality of wealth and uh, overall wealth which go together so point number four was the Kiwi ingenuity and like humour inventiveness is naturally comes naturally when your heart's open here's a quick question for you friend what, do you know what the literal translation of genius is from Latin, which is the root etymology of the word? Mm-hmm. Um, can you guess? The etymology of genius? Yeah. Is it related to genius? I think genus might be related to genius, hmm. but I'm, I'm not sure about that one. Uh,
0: I, I really don't know. I don't have a good guess.
1: Yeah, that's, that's cool. I didn't either. I had no idea. It means spirit. I literally means spirit. Wow. So, so yeah, think about the, so the, you know, the etymology of the words is often a very direct reflection of what their true nature. So just as a brief aside, this relates to what I'm saying, though, strongly. A study was done in recent years of something like three or four thousand children in 10 different countries globally. Do you know what percentage of kids they found were qualified as geniuses before they went into the public school system? Can you guess? 100%. It it (laughs) It was about 97. Yeah. So, so what it does, like, these systems often, like, shut down people's hearts, and they just, they shut off the natural genius. Do, if you're cool with it, put the link to Galatas channel, Authentic Observer, because she's yeah. hilarious, I and mean, she's just naturally connected to her heart. So both humor and inventiveness and innovation, they're properties of genius, of spirit. So if you have your heart shut down, you're not really going to see that. So, to be fair, you do still see a lot of genius and innovation in New Zealand, but, uh and like they have a lot of innovative companies coming through but it is yeah. stifled by this it's it's, le- yeah. it's less affected because it's the the end product which is money is so valued but but when you know people you're allowed to be your true self and your heart shut down it definitely doesn't help like i said but the, i yeah.
0: feel like to touch on that i feel like sure. part of that stifling is the understanding we have of the word genius we definitely don't think about it as spirit And having been on a reality show where I was on a tribe called the Brains Tribe, uh, publicly labeled smart, I've dealt with a lot of that with ego and identification. And I've realized that like what we consider intelligence to be is like the tip of the iceberg of what intelligence is. Like we conflate it and we conflate genius with analysis, with like the ability to intellectually, rationally go somewhere and having drunk ayahuasca over 50 times, I've seen that what intelligence actually is, is so much deeper and more mysterious. And uh, mm. and in a lot of ways to become more actually intelligent, I've had to let go of that attachment to what I thought genius was.
1: Yeah, thanks. I, that's a really good point. I completely agree with you. And I've, I've been on that journey. For me, I guess I'm, so, I'm such a freaking... This girl who's my future wife I like I, I like I literally know she's my future i don't care like i'm open to say about it. like i i'll be straight up i feel like i got to the point in my journey where like i it's it's a few years away it's freaking weird too because i'm i know and she knows
0: uh although she, I, she knows that you're gonna get married
1: yeah i mean she freaking admitted it publicly and stuff. Like, yeah i'm in love with you i'm just getting ready blah 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 but like i'm not gonna say who she is and, and actually I, the caveat i will so like, she,
0: she, i didn't know this she's on board She's completely on board. I thought she said no to your email proposal no, initially, and then I uh-huh. said,
1: "Like, Oh, I don't care if you. I'm fine if you reject me. That's fine. Just stop wasting my time. I'm in love with you." And all this all just happened. She was like, "Okay, I surrender. I feel the same way." <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> that's it's, so wild. Yeah, it's great. A cute love story. Uh, sweet, but but I'm not. You know, obviously, I want to protect her privacy. I, I yeah, yeah. And, and it's we'll of, find
0: out in a couple of years. Invite me to the wedding, and we'll do a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will.
1: You'll, you'll see that. You can do that. We'll do the full reveal. it would be cute. Um, I just don't care anymore. I'm happy to be open. I mean, I've literally got to the point where I, it's a weird situation. Yeah. Of course, I respect and privacy and giving no indications as to who this person is. And then also when I meet her, I've actually thought like, it would be freaking weird if like I came up and I'm like, I actually deep down, I know it, it is true, but I,
0: that's funny. Cause Cam and Irene also had like a connection months before they actually met. Really? Yeah yeah they connected on instagram oh i know about, about that it. yeah
1: oh yeah yeah. you could see it was into, really and they into just areas. needed to confirm
0: in person like, okay the pheromones are right okay great we're a couple oh that's sweet they're,
1: that's such a cute really they're a cute couple yeah they're very like just uh wholesome like loving healthy loving relationship is yeah cute um and i think it's the same They we'll meet and like if i'm honest deep down i know but yeah. at the same time i, I love but, that
0: you're speaking from that like yeah it's it's great i mean i still reserve the skepticism i don't know which that world war three will unfold <laughs> you say yeah I, and I, I you don't want to talk about that oh i'm happy to talk about maybe okay. maybe not this podcast because it's another discussion but sure, if sure. you want on, whatever i mean it's interesting and uh yeah, yeah. and i don't know yeah. that you're wrong i'm just i'm just listening yeah and so, I, so I, yeah. that's why i say i love that you're so, speaking from okay. your truth which for you is that you know
1: yeah, and briefly to add to what Ryman has said, I've had many dreams, I get prophetic dreams and I've had over a hundred dreams about World War III, which apparently I've been shown is coming and I, whenever I have those prophetic dreams, they come true. And I've, I also discovered in recent years, uh, two years ago actually, that hundreds of thousands of people all over the world are having these prophetic dreams. None of us know each other. We're all being shown the same stuff and I have a YouTube channel putting out these warnings, but I, I won't go into it further here. I'll happy to talk about it another time, but it's a bit of a tangent. And um, so, yeah, I've had prophetic dreams about this girl and out of you know respect i want to say she is but i uh when i when i meet her yeah i'll just like like, just tentatively i'm pretty sure this is what's happening but just like uh deep down i know but i'll just be like i'm pretty sure this is what's happening but like it is right and then yeah we'll see and see where it goes from there but i uh yeah it's weird man i'll be straight up like i've it's bizarre. I compartmentalize it and just like I just ignore it because the reality is I'm single, and actually it would be nice to have some uh, these positive experiences in that area before that happens. And I'll be straight up like I've, I've there's a couple of girls, mm, small number. I'm single at the moment, but I've been shown who I have. It's like a loving, mm, I have a loving, healthy, romantic kind of connection to. And I've been showing like this person in dreams, like you can have this connection. And yeah, it's just like, but I been showing that some of them, like we've two of them, they have future soul partners and they're going to get married. And it's just like, so I'll be completely open. I mean, I don't care. I'm just happy to be honest about it. Yeah. But, um, it's a weird journey. And so back to the, to the list. So yeah, like I, I think so yeah, you can see the heart shut down of the inventiveness thing and then stoic dynamism, not so much that's point number five because i think you don't really see stock dynamism affected because uh, to be fair at all really because the culture is toxic and it's all about materialism making money oh actually what realization i just had now that's distorted there's too much of that yeah it's like you're not allowed to rest yeah you're not allowed to take time out which is actually counterproductive and the analogy a down intuitive download i had about this you you are asked to give four seasons of summer
0: what does that mean Oh, I see. Okay. So summer is the season where, you know, things
1: flower and are productive, but then, and then we can imagine it like a circle. So uh, it's like, or if you take a a circle, like a, uh, like a block, which is, like a cylinder and roll it and you put a pen on a pen, not pin, that's my sitting out on one edge and you just roll it. It creates the sine wave, which is kind of, which is really interesting
0: actually. Trigonometric. That's right.
1: Wave. And it, and it's like a, it's like a bell curve, which just keeps going extended out. And if you look at, okay, so uh, winter is the bottom, spring is the ascent, summer is the like the nadir, the zenith, the height, and yep. then autumn yep. is the descent. This is a cycle. Yep. We see these cycles everywhere in life and. Each cycle has its purpose and its place. And, and, you know, winter is a time of moving inward, of rest, of renewal, of regeneration. I had a European friend I was talking to recently, like, he was saying in the past in Europe, like, you literally couldn't work. You had to go inside. You had to go into your inner world because there's nothing to do. Just mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. snowing everywhere. So,
0: especially when more work was physical labor, and you can't be outside for too long.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now with modern technology, you know, we can just we're just like riding trains to our centrally heated homes and offices. We're right. kind of broken away from these natural cycles. But the point yeah. is,
0: which also has yeah. a, a harm and a shadow. To I mean, yeah. we're either expecting four summers, or we're just disconnected from the whole thing, and we're not in tune with any cycle.
1: Yeah, which is in neither side healthy. So we need to get back in touch with these things and. and yeah, I mean, if you're always in summer, you burn out pretty fast. It's not healthy, and interestingly, in the long run, it's less healthy. Like yeah, Because yeah, yeah. it's less productive because yeah. you, you burn out. Like if you if you, it's it's like you know the tortoise versus the hare. Yeah. The, the tortoise runs the race even though it's moving slow. Right. So the, the distortion in that area is too much. It's too much. You know, like moving too much too fast and demanding people be productive all the time. Final one uh, I mentioned, which would be point number six: having combined humor and humility into first equal. So in reality, it's seven points kind of, but. It's kind of seven points. We'll say one A and one B. One A being humility, one B being humor. So the sixth point is, yeah, connection and value of nature. We definitely see a distortion of this in New Zealand in that there is still a, there's a huge amount of, and there's a lot of good stuff having, happening in conservation, but there is a lot of greed. And we particularly see it for the oceans. They've really hammered the fisheries. And there's a lot of dolphins and whales that are being killed, which is shocking. And the, the, the fishing industry has so much power. Your WhatsApp picture is a whale. Now I know why. It's my spirit animal. Ah, the orca. You know what? I had a dream about orcas last night and God was showing you something about me. And it was, it was using the symbolism of an orca. It's <laughs> It's my primary spirit. animal. That's I, cool. I was stoked when I found out my primary spirit animal was an orca. Cause we, I say primary cause we have more than one. Yeah. And, and uh, Like, uh, I'd be gutted if it was a tapeworm or a naked
0: mole rat. (laughs) Sometimes those negative ones can have pretty cool aspects.
1: I'm not mean to be mean. I'm just joking around. But, like, I mean, have many. I've told you
0: before. I think we're connected to everyone and everything. I completely agree. And it's just degrees of, like, I identify more with this, more with this animal or whatever. Exactly.
1: But I was
0: curious if, like, how your dreams would be here because you got out of the town. You're staying here for a week or two and you have a little more space in nature if it might open up that realm more. I slept like a freaking baby last night. And I, I um,
1: a little, yeah, a little bit on the side, but no, it's relevant too. And it's part of my healing journey. So I've just been having some health problems lately. And I, man, I feel this thing, I've like been in Vilca. And uh, I think it's good. It's good to normalize vulnerability. And there's some things you shouldn't talk about, but like, it's not like, so I would like to point out, I, I believe in privacy. I don't believe in secrecy. Mm-hmm. So what would, can you, what do you, that's good. I think asking questions is good to get a bit more dialogue going as well. So, so what do you like, can you, do you understand what I mean by that Ryman? Or if you don't, can you hazard a guess?
0: Yeah, I can definitely hazard a guess. You believe that people have a right to share things on their terms, not to have them shared for them and like be invaded, like missing their privacy. Yeah. Um, but that there is no shame around anything or anything that like should inherently be kept under wraps. The secret part, my guess, is a little more unsure. What you mean?
1: Yeah, that, that's more or less. Um, yeah, that's the privacy. Yes, no, the privacy bit. You nailed. so the, the secrecy bit. Kind of, uh, I will explain here. So it's a bit. That, although to be fair, I could mean different things. So I understand why you're not really sure like, what I might mean. So basically, I would explain it as privacy. Well, privacy actually is a human right. So. Sort of. Like, like, even like when I have kids in the future. Like, I'm gonna, I'm literally gonna sit them down and say, "These are your rights," and like, if these are violated, you need to tell me, and I'm gonna respect your rights. I'm gonna sit them down as soon as they're old enough to talk. You have a right to privacy. If you have a journal, like I'm, I, I won't look at it, and I shouldn't. And like, you have a right to, yeah. you know, just briefly. You have a right to, just to give you an example to others. You have a right to. Uh, mm, well, first of all, you have to respect others. That's the the. That's the first aspect, and then you also have a right to defend yourself if you're attacked. So the first is that you have a responsibility not to attack others, but if people attack you, you have the right to defend yourself. Anyway, so it's good to yeah. That's, privacy that's, and
0: secrecy. Yeah, yeah. Secrecy.
1: Yeah. What is the secrecy? So, yeah. So, so yeah, just I was just explaining that if, like that privacy is a right. Okay, this is those are examples of other rights. Right, but the thing is, secrecy isn't a right, but like secrecy is kind of a perversion for the most part. And why is that? It's because, like, if, if, you, if it has to be kept secret, it's probably not a good thing. Probably. Now, I will we'll give you a good, a, a good caveat. So... I was shown a god by dream in recent months... Oh, this is like six months... Oh, this is about seven months ago. Okay, so some things people just can't handle, so they actually need to be kept secret. I had a dream and I was basically shown that secret societies are keeping space age... Technology hidden from the public because the public's not evolved to handle it and they'd misuse it and and hurt themselves and others, which is
0: fascinating. So the cabal is fighting the good fight of protecting the people. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. So, so I'll crawl off by that. I, um, um, not that I believe any of this, but clarifying your perspective.
1: You're allowed to disagree, which is, which is cool. Uh, I think, yeah, healthy disagreement needs to be normalized too. We're allowed. It's, it's. Uh, just be with me when I, okay, so what I will point out when you said help privacy and secrecy. Now that, just, just clarify, that was actually help I'll be completely honest. That jarred me a bit, but you didn't do anything wrong. That was actually helping me to bring you back. That's what I was trying to do. Oh, which I, I appreciate. So this is good to be honest with the audience too. Because yeah. sometimes, um, uh, yeah, I'm still working through trauma and I've like got so much in my own world that sometimes, yeah, I get, uh, like uh, I can't focus and stay on on track, which is, uh, or like I might be on track, but I might get these mind blanks, and that's just because of the stress. I'm under. So Rhyman is helping me there. At the same time, we'll point out like I will go off on little diversions to kind of give context. So yeah, the I don't think uh, that the cabal is doing any good. <laughs> they're bad like they're doing bad yeah, stuff yeah. i was joking i know i know it's fine it's good to let joke around. but uh at the same time some even for some evil things like or even a lot of evil, I think most evil things Ed, from a higher perspective there's a purpose even yeah, even if you don't necessarily yeah. understand it so they're not doing good stuff and actually um uh although i should point out some of these elites who are keeping stuff secret aren't completely negative
0: right well um, i think yeah. in the absolute sense it's not ever just good or bad Yeah, it is also always that. It is also always us. Yeah. Yeah, So if we're perceiving it, if it's in our reality, then it's a reflection of us. Everything is a reflection from the inside out. I think a lot of science could even point to this in terms of how the mind projects and perceives reality at the same time. Yeah. But that's been like a recent part of my growth. Like I don't really believe in any one single they. Mm, Like mm -mm. maybe there are a few cabals. I don't know, but there are certainly people doing bad things. I don't know if it's Bill Gates. I don't know if it's the Rockefeller family. I don't know if it's all the people we hear about or some, Yeah, Uh, but there, there's a lot of darkness out there. And what I'm realizing or what I've been working on is integrating that all as me, like that's me. I'm seeing that it's part of my reality. It's an aspect of me and I have to meet it with love. I mean, I don't, I can still stand against it for my values. I can still be the change I want to see in the world, but I can also realize that those are aspects of the self.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, really important. It's very wise and it's helpful wisdom that needs to be put out there. I think. Uh, so I will come back to finish off the because I, I was just giving talking about you know some health issues I've been going through, which you raised about my sleep, and I will come back to that point in a second. So the uh, what you just said though with how do we have to do this the the, the one, the oneness of consciousness. Now, I, I think I would like to add to that there is. So, so my spirit, primary spirit animal is an orca, my primary spirit plant. Spirit countries, spirit yeah. animals, spirit plants. <laughs> That's my, oh, I shouldn't say his name actually. I, but uh, this friend of mine, yeah, you know, we were just walking and like, yeah. so I was saying, yeah, I really like the northern rata tree from New Zealand. It's my primary spirit plant. Some is my spirit plant. <laughs> yeah. This is like this alpha, he's an alpha male. So he's he's very, like a very successful woman, uh, very hilarious, like very, has a lot of um, charisma. He's, he's like an archetypal alpha male in many ways. That's hilarious. Like, I'm a flower. <laughs> and <laughs> like, it's, uh, uh and, um, I would say, like in a healthy sense. Like what, what is an archetypal alpha male? It's a good question. Uh, so for me, so so there's some misconceptions around this, and I mean it in a healthy sense. So for, I would say alpha males have a lot of young energy. Yeah. I, I, I get on really well. I have the, my, I have the strongest chemistry, sexual chemistry of women typically who are young, feminine, well are like alpha female. They get on great with <laughs> alpha females. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, and then, so, uh, highly feminine, but have a lot of like fire. Mm-hmm. So, so I would just say, cause I'm, I'm, I'm not like, you know, I'm not much, but I am masculine. I'm comfortable in masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's, oh, I don't talk about what it's like, cause you know, it's like, Pigeon shit on cards. Just the way like, I don't need <laughs> yeah. to talk
0: about it. But but it's I, good. It's good to talk about it like yeah. conceptually and philosophically though. And I brought it up and asked you the question because yeah. I think it's often misunderstood and we see it as like the, the pigeons trying to <laughs> brag about how pigeon-like they are.
1: Yeah, um, I agree.
0: Agree. Like I think there's fundamentally these two energies, like feminine and masculine, or maybe you could call it beta and alpha, and like. Beta, there's like a lot of light there, you know, we have, we have all this negative judgment of it, Mm. but uh, Mm. it's, it's receptivity. It's hearing other people and being able to follow their flow. And then the alpha is being in your own flow. Right. And I think you're embodying a lot of that in this conversation, like masculine energy, being in your own flow, being in your own head, Mm. which can also have a shadow. Right. You talked about Mm -hmm. how like there's Mm -hmm. trauma there and and sometimes like as a coping mechanism, Mm -hmm. I think this happens a lot in the US and in New Zealand probably. People cope by being just in their own masculine, losing the receptivity. I'm not saying you're doing that. But um but just, you know, talking in their own mental world. And why I ask and why I wanna clarify what it means is because we automatically have like a good association with alpha as if they're being followed, and a bad association with beta as if they're like less important but you can be in the masculine energy doing your own thing and be you know a homeless person who no one listens to
1: yeah i completely agree
0: yeah light and shadows to both light and shadows to all
1: yeah i completely agree and i i will share some insights ahead about this it's a really good point to bring up and i Man, yeah, I could write books about this, and I probably will write at least one book about some of the stuff, some of these concepts, and the downloads I've had about them. But briefly, so two—you know—it's a tsunami of insights I've had about it, so I had to yeah. uh, zoom in on a couple. But two that I've had that are just popped into my head when you were speaking about this. Okay, number one, completely agree about those archetypes. Actually, what I would say, the beta, yeah, it relates more to the higher chakras, so the receptivity, being openness, the flip. it's kindness too, and okay, so nice guy versus uh, bad boy. This is a great fun for me from dating. It's like girls, yeah, nice guys finish last. Now, actually, great insights. Yeah, you know, a few great insights here. The first one is that each of these archetypes. It's not just beta and alpha. The sigma is another one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so the yeah. sigma sigma males and females are like. They are, lo- okay, now I would basically, different people have different ways they understand this. So Eckhart Tolle does this in The Power of Now. He clarifies what he means by using certain words. He talks about like ego and he says these different things to different people. Then so he goes on to say, what I mean by it is this. So I will say it for these terms. Mm-hmm. For me, alpha male is, uh, alpha males and alpha females have a lot of yang energy. They are what I call bottom heavy, they have a lot of fire. It's all about action. I had a dream where God told me, sh, yin, sh, slow and deep, yang, shallow and fast yeah,
0: exactly yeah and
1: the analogy i use so this friend of mine whose name i won't say who's very close who i was talking with today in town he is very young he's young he's very fast he's very productive another analogy i really like this one actually I'm quite proud of this and this is original now okay so basically sigmas have a ton of yin energy so sigmas are the are the, the most um, sigmas are not i wouldn't say have the most sigmas have other people yes no actually it's accurate sigmas are lead typically leaders but they're thought leaders, and they have they're the other ones with the most yin energy, and who, but not just the most. They've developed it and integrated it in a healthy way because you can have a lot, like you said, it can be chaotic.
0: Yeah, you can have a lot of both. I maybe mean, like, you can have a lot
1: of both, too, and some people do. And yeah, that's actually a good point. A so, lot of sigmas
0: do. I think actually, yeah, I don't know if I'd say this for sure. It might, maybe we have different definitions of sigma. If I'm going to put myself in one of those boxes as sigma, uh-huh. and I view it as seeing the game, seeing the dynamics, the alpha and beta, and being willing to put on either hat in the right situation, but yeah. not being stuck in either role and i think you need a lot of both you need a lot of yen and a lot of yang to truly detach and step outside of it and look at what's happening and say i could be an alpha does it make sense to be an alpha right now do i want to play that game
1: yeah so i agree and actually that was one of the other downloads i was going to get to uh, with this so like we're actually we're very much on the same wavelength as that and i'm not surprised i thought yeah ramen would be a sigma if anything that's what i get from you what i was going to get to is okay so The sigma male and the sigma female has like the most yin, they're the, the yin leaders. Now, yin Mm -hmm. leaders are leaders in the inner world. So thoughts, intellectual and creative leaders. And they are, uh, Mm -hmm. interestingly, uh, I got it. Okay. So now I'll come to that point later. So, uh, yeah. And then the alpha leaders, alphas are leaders in the the external world. They make things happen. And, And the best analogy I would use for this in the corporate world was, uh, Steve Wozniak was a sigma and Steve Jobs was an alpha and they need each other because, the the sigmas are gold miners they they dive deep within the subconscious deep beneath the earth they're mining the earth creating these shafts and pulling up gold or we could say they're pearl divers they dive 30 meters down they pull out pearls they create they bring forth new forms into the world but to manifest they need the help of alphas uh, and that's why they work together so well and then but but at the same time you know like the, we don't want to limit the discussion like because when you say you're an alpha, you're a beta, you're a super, the reality is these are, these are archetypes. These are different parts of the human psyche. And actually we need all of them yeah. in one person.
0: Yeah. That's an important point. Like just as we need them all collectively, we need to be in contact with all of them individually too. Like if you're alpha all the time, that's how you end up being the homeless guy that no one listens to. That's right. If it's you're so, beta all the time, no yeah, one right. will listen to you. And nice. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel like, uh, Sometimes I feel like the role of the sigma and why it works well with the alpha Mm. is to make the wisdom of the yin, of the intuitive, of the receptive, of the beta heard. Because if we're just led by alphas only without the input of sigmas who understand both sides, then it it is like idiocracy. You know, it's a macho fest and we get dumber.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I need to think about that more because that's a different whole, whole new perspective and some things I've never even seen there. That's really interesting. Yeah. I was... I need to go ahead and think about that. But, yeah, you're right. Like, in any case, there's a lot to be said for, yeah, seeing that we need all of these things externally and internally. They're like planets in a solar system, and we need all of them. Like, we you know, we need Mercury, Venus, but we're, we're always going to lean towards one. It's like, you know, the Zodiac, you have all these planets, but you definitely see, like, this person's more, like, water and, you know, or, like, Leo. Like, so we, we lean one way, but it's good to explore and, like, have a piece of all of them because yeah, that's, that's the journey to balance.
0: Yeah. I think we our system is designed to calibrate in that way, to bring us into balance. And then things we need to act out sexually, mm. I think reflects the repressed parts of us needing to bubble up, needing to emerge. I mean, why do you think the yeah. guy in Wolf of Wall Street wanted yeah. a woman to put a candle in his ass and put wax over him and all oh. that shit? Damn. That's deep.
1: I, I completely agree. Yeah, I have a friend here who's from the Midwest, and she mentioned that I vibe because the US is, in many ways, many different countries in one because it's so large and diverse. This could be something to put in the description box below. I think I want to mention this to you, yesterday. There's I think, a thing, cultural map of the United States.
0: You did mention Yeah, that's right. But you didn't go into detail.
1: Yeah, so it divides the U.S. up into 11 different cultural regions. And interestingly, some states have three in one. Like, some states are in three different regions. Like, the boundaries are quite interesting, Mm, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's 11 of them. I tend to vibe more people from the Midwest and the South. And those three zones, there's one in the Midwest, there's one in the South and there's Appalachia and there's one they call like the Midlands which is more like up around the Great Lakes extends up towards close New York and that one seesaws it goes between the two it's kind Mm -hmm. of like a swing state zone and then the other ones all the others are obviously on the coasts oh there's one outlier is this one which is First Nations Indigenous people but then the ones on the coasts are liberal so what you see there's so much diversity in the U S and uh, like once you, when I discovered that map, it explained a lot for me, like, cause uh, I'll be honest, 95% of conflicts I've had with Americans, they're from the ones they don't get on with. And the other zones, there's this is natural warmth and resonance, but this friend of mine from the Midwest, like, yeah, I'm very resonant with Americans, more from the Midwest, but she was saying it's yeah, a lot of sexual repression and it comes out in really weird ways. Like, and, and yeah. I'm Christian in the spiritual sense, not in the religious sense. So, so, but there is something to be said to be fair for the whole thing like that some Christian groups talk about, about, you know, the U.S. being, to an extent, Babylon putting out perversion throughout the world.
0: And there's like a puritanical shame thing going on where, like, (laughs) the sex just gets more extreme the more we repress it.
1: Yes. Now, I think this would be a good point to segue back into the connections between New Zealand and the U.S. because you see this in New Zealand, so there is a lot of repression and there's one more thing to just throw in that I want to add to the, just to finish off the point about the, the Sigma and the Alpha thing is it's all about integration you know to get rid of these shadows the shadows are often just they're a reflection of blocking off certain aspects of ourselves or of lionizing one side and or neglecting or demonizing the other so you get an imbalance right, and right. what you're talking about with the Beta and the Alpha it's like yeah like women want good men what's a good man like a nice guy is just an underdeveloped good guy A good guy has, like, he's the bad boy and the nice guy. So he's the kindness, but he also has the strength. Women don't want nice guys. They want strong guys.
0: Uh, And Right. But they're also kind. And the bad boy, I think, like, the, the misunderstanding we see with, like, women loving the bad boy is women love the guy who is connected to himself and strong enough to do his thing in the face of pressure to not just conform to, you know, stand in his values and do what he wants to do. Which might be perceived by the mainstream at times as being a bad boy, but they don't want an asshole. Yeah,
1: that's right. They want they want the best of both worlds. They want balance and integration. Like like if you know, if you're naturally people who are naturally more top heavy that in their chakras. And like nice and kind, they're often more disconnected from their own ego and their desire and their authenticity. But then the people on that side, they're, you know, they can just be assholes. So you yeah. want both. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, women don't want bad boys. They want men who are strong. Um, that the ideal is both. And that's what that's what guys want the same thing. We want, we want women who are both strong. Yeah. Like being funny, confident, and sexy. That's like extremely attractive to a good guy. Totally. And, and as well as the kindness and the femininity We want both. Yeah. If you're a healthy man. So if you're a healthy guy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all about balancing integration. So, uh, and I feel like Ecuador
0: is such yeah. a great balancing maybe for you too, but mm-hmm. for me like coming from the US, which I feel is really heavy on one polar extreme mm-hmm. to Ecuador, which feels so opposite in so many ways. Like that's been healing for me and mm-hmm. similar to how you felt yourself as Kiwi upon being here, I've realized what growing up in US culture is the good and the bad and I've seen the bad in me and been like holy shit I, I really like to explain shit to people and be in a position of authority and be like right as if they need me to tell them they're right you know like there are all these subtle things that I've learned about myself and, and shadows that I've seen and brought awareness to to try and Integrate, dissolve, whatever I need to do, um, but then also seeing the light, and and that's why I'm excited about like creating this docu series called Light and Shadows here because I think that mm-hmm. is bringing what the light could be from the U.S. into this place, which is on the other extreme, and maybe needs some of that.
1: Well, I completely agree with what you're saying. So I've learned a lot about Maori culture through seeing some of the contrasts here. I agree; like it's in many ways it's in New Zealand, it's a contrast. The United States and New Zealand are very individualistic. It's very collectivist here. And if you go back to the Hofstede analysis, which uh, you said you're going to put a link to that in the description box below, I think if if you compare Ecuador using this system to New Zealand and the US, you'll see that. Yeah, Ecuador is very collectivist and the US is very individualist. And so is New Zealand. Ecuador is quite Interestingly, is masculine. A lot of people think it's feminine. It's not nearly as masculine as our cultures, though.
0: Wow, I think of it as pretty feminine. I know.
1: that They actually rank as like a, on a zero being feminine and a hundred being masculine. They're like a 65.
0: I do think the whole world is a little overly masculine. Yeah, right I agree. Now. it's. it's true. I think relatively speaking, I mean, Ecuador has been tranquilo and peaceful historically. You know, they surrendered yeah. their territory to all these aggressors. They preserved the nature. I feel like this is where the heart... And the pure nature and the feminine is alive. This is, and that makes sense why, if there are, if things are going to fall apart, like the modern structures, this would be the place for the regeneration, the rebirth.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm going to throw something, a bit of a spanner in your works here. So I think. The heart is beyond masculine and feminine.
0: 100%. Yeah, I wasn't relating that specifically. Okay, might, might have been yeah. a little bit of confusion there.
1: So so what I see Ecuador as, Ecuador being more fundamentally positive. So I, I noticed this in the Amazon. I would see fathers who were very ma- masculine, even macho, but it was really sweet. I would see them like, I remember I was in Puyo. Which is a small... Well, no, it's actually not small. It's like 50,000 people now. <laughs> but okay. it's a, it's, a, it's not a small town. It's a small city. Anyway. Wow, I didn't realize it was that big. Yeah, it's
0: big. Ten is the same. Like, they've grown a Ten lot. Tena 50K? It's 50,000. I mean, I, I do remember every time I went there, because that's where I went in the jungle for the medicine work, near Ten. Yeah, I remember you saying Uh Like, every time I went there, I was like, wow, it's a lot bigger than I realized. But 50K, wow.
1: Well, it's grown hugely in... I, I first came to Ecuador... 17 years ago in 2006. Yeah, and it's grown a lot since then. So there, it's been a lot of professional growth. But it's, if you extend it out to, like, the metro area, let's say. It's 50K. Okay. Okay. Anyway, yeah. so I was sitting in a little ice, like, uh, frozen yogurt bar. Like, these... You know, just go and get frozen yoga and put things like chocolate and fruit. And I was just sitting there chilling and I I was just healing. So I was just having resting a lot and not doing much. And at the time for a while, I was like, what am I doing? But looking back, I needed that Um, to an extent still do it anyway. So I would just lean into resting and just watching life and, and just enjoying that. And comes back to the cultural differences that's not accepted or tolerated this is one of the reasons i got a lot of abuse from my quote-unquote family blood family in new zealand you're like you're not allowed to rest and recover be productive but i was just sitting there and i remember one afternoon watching people go by on the street and i saw this really macho looking in a really masculine i would even say macho looking like hispanic guy mestizo so mixed european and native american amerindian descent let's say get off his motorbike and see his daughter and she just ran out to him with her arms up and he gave her this big hug and kissed her on the head. It was so sweet. <laughs> and it was like super macho masculine guy but very kind and loving. Yeah. And I would see it... A and, whole human. Yeah. And to be fair, this still issues like, I mean, man, I have a friend. But she's actually... Oh, we mentioned Nina. Nina uh, and it's okay for me to say this because she's put this out in public. But... Yeah, leader in Amazon conservation community who's put Instagram stories out publicly about how her ex-partner broke her back. The domestic violence was so bad. So don't get me wrong, there's still issues there. And yeah. There's still issues in Ecuador. It's not perfect, yeah. but overall, this is an example of the positivity and the love and the heart here. When like, even a macho masculine guy is comfortable... To be just loving and in his heart. And you even see it in the language here. They talk about Corazón a lot. And I feel like there's a lot of heart energy in South America. There's issues here, but overall I feel positive about the future of this country on that basis. So I think, uh, like you say, there is a lot to be said for what we can learn about our own cultures by coming to one. It's very different. And the trauma... And the shadow of different countries come from different places, and these are vast discussions. So we have to kind of limit it. Uh, so you know, Ecuador is another whole another discussion. But with New Zealand, some of the main factors, are, and some are shared of Ecuador. One is alcohol. So in New Zealand, they drink a lot, and I just been shown by God and dreams that what this does. Uh, for some people, this should be would kind of be like duh. But it was just making it very clear to me. So I was I won't get into symbolism. It takes too long. But basically, I was shown that alcohol shuts down your heart and reduces your capacity to empathy so that you're able to be very brutal towards other people. Alcohol has been normalized in New Zealand. and
0: Yeah, the US too, to a large extent. Yeah, the, the, this is
1: global. Alcohol is global. And yeah. alcoholism destroys family, destroyed my family, from yeah. two people in particular, just obliterated entire branch. Well, oh, it's more than that. Entire branch of the family and it creates huge violence and abusive clients. So that's one reason. Another reason in New Zealand is that the shadow of imperialism and colonialism so one thing i will say about new zealand compared to the u.s and the u.s does this better now the core value of the united states is freedom this is why in general overall and god showed me this in dreams that the u.s is more positive than new zealand like in certain parts of the u.s are better certain parts are worse but overall they're more positive and in touch with their hearts than new zealand and i genuinely feel that for the americans i mean it's obvious that new zealand is darker and more damaged mm-hmm. i i have observed and understood that basically the core value of freedom in the U S just like our socioeconomic systems can subconsciously begin to extend to all aspects of our being. For example, too long. Didn't read. I don't have time to read this thing because we want to be productive and get to the point. You can take it too far. Colonialism, imperialism, it's based on oppression. So the value of freedom extends to right to express my feelings. You can't maintain a system of imperialism and colonialism. If people express their feelings, it would collapse. Because it's based on savagery and brutality. And the legacy of this is collective narcissism, effectively. Because you're not allowed to be who you are. You're not allowed to talk about your feelings. Because it, it would collapse the system. So, I mean, the system is there in the U.S. But this is, you know, why I think a lot of the thought leaders and things like, quote, vulnerability. People like Bernie Brown who wrote a book about that. They come out of the U.S. So, that's one other factor. The imperialism thing. Another one is, but the core one, the most important one, is the lack of spirituality. Being cut off from good moral values. God and love. There's a lack of love. That's the core issue in New Zealand. And I will say that for all its issues, Christianity is very important. And that was my biggest lesson in my 32 years in New Zealand. All all told, I'm 35 now. Been out for about three years. Uh, no, it was 30 years because I'd been out for two years on and off in Australia before that. Oh, okay. Three decades. My biggest lesson was like the importance of love and God because it's not really there in New Zealand, and it just creates without love and the heart it's just the law of the jungle you know picking orders are for animals it's just a hierarchy there's no humanity there's no heart i mean you might you know it's just like freaking chickens just
0: picking each other to be who's at the yeah. top of the food yeah. chain. and yeah i mean that view i think is in the zeitgeist of a lot of these countries that are suppressed and i would include the u.s in that even if it's not to the extent of new zealand We are lulled into just seeing ourselves as animals and biologically and forgetting like not thinking spirit discussion of spirit and this whole conversation we're having now is just is just silly is just ludicrous. You know, this like scientific materialism uh, seems conducive to just viewing ourselves in that animalistic way and being like, well, that's nature and not realizing that the heart and the human heart is nature too. And that we're, we probably understand only the surface of that nature. Like it's, there's so much exploration yet to be done into our potential with human hearts that are truly open.
1: Oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't fucking believe doing <laughs> like, it. Yeah. Like I'm serious. Like it's, uh, we talked about cities earlier. I, I don't personally for that. That's an area I don't want to talk about uh, publicly, like, cause I'm still exploring and understanding it maybe in the future, but. So, I'm not going to talk about my own experiences there, beyond dream, prophetic dreams, which I think might be a city to an extent. But I will say. City meaning spiritual power. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. So, <laughs> I think it's a, a Sanskrit word. So, the Vedas, which are these ancient Indian spiritual texts, list the cities, these mystic powers. I will say, if you want, you can work on the chakras, opening the heart, the higher chakras, and humans have superpowers. And that's in our DNA. Scientists say it's 90% of our DNA is junk. That's a lie. It's coding for abilities that are, uh, aren't currently activated. Now, I'm not yeah. sure. Can you guess? <laughs> I mean, quite likely you've seen these films, so maybe you haven't. I'm going to throw it out there because they're well known. Can you? Uh, okay, I'll give you the scenario first. A film about people who are normal humans, and then they activate superpowers by unlocking parts of their brain they didn't know they had. And they go to work from, like, the basic principle in both of these movies. One is about a woman, another is about a man. Is that they go from like ten to twenty percent? Because most a yeah. lot of people are familiar with the set, and they go to one hundred percent. Do you know? Yeah, I, the movie Lucy. That's one. Yes. Yeah. Do you know the yeah. other one? No, I don't know. Limitless. Bradley, oh, Bradley okay, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed both those movies. Yeah. There was some really fun scenes in Limitless, like oh man, oh man, that's so memorable. Like where he takes the drug; it's called NZT, and all of a sudden, like he, the whole world, it's all kind of grey. the way they film it. All of a sudden, everything becomes very like. Colored brightly and hyper realistic and he sees everything clearly. Mm-hmm. It's amazing because you can do this work and you will literally have the experience of NZT. And it's mind blowing. I will say, and that's, that's a whole another discussion. That's, that's a, that's a book or a series of books, but, but I will say briefly just to come cap that point off. I would call it the higher path and people taking drugs. All right. If you take drugs, it costs money. It destroys your health. Uh, and there's a low on this path. It's free, it improves your health, and there is no low. It only gets higher. And people just aren't aware the higher path. I call it the higher path. People just aren't aware it exists. It's like the thing I mentioned before. It's literally possible to learn to telepathically communicate and talk to animals. Most people would like laugh at that. But there are cultures where yeah. that is still normal.
0: I mean, I wouldn't laugh because I've taken ayahuasca and had telepathic-like experiences yeah. with people there through the heart. And I think in a lot of ways, plant medicine or psychedelics could be something like this pill Although something I'm curious about now is like, if you're relying on anything external to yourself for this, does that disempower you? Because we all have it inside. We can meditate. We can do yogic practices. We can develop these capacities ourselves. Maybe it's a mix. I think it is a mix. I think listen to teachers and avail yourself of resources like psychedelics, but also this is all within yourself.
1: Yeah, ultimately, I agree with your concluding statement for that point so I'm not, have you heard this quote by Alan Watts uh, once you get the message hang up the
0: phone I have heard that quote yeah. I don't know I, I think I have mixed feelings about it because what's the message is there only one message
1: yeah it's partly personal depending on how you use these things for me <laughs> I have a friend here in and near the sky used to be here, and he literally used to walk around the, the center of town with a bottle full of ayahuasca. He would drink like two liters a day, and Damn. he was out of his fucking mind. Yeah, that's not a good idea. And he was, yeah, he was like, my friend was like, yeah, and he's out, and he's out in Andromeda fucking his three astral girlfriends of his mind. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, it's like this, uh, he called himself, I won't say his name, let's call, let's call him Dr. Marius, and, he, and people... In the pandemic, they would go up to him because he wasn't wearing a mask. And he was like, "Uh, well, I am a doctor and you all have the virus anyway. And I don't care what you're saying. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah, It's It's a little little par for the course in this place. It's a bit too much. Oh, yeah. It's it's wacky characters. Uh, My friend Gavin here described it as an open-air (laughs) insane. Yeah, I I stole that for a blog post once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's so interesting.
0: I mean, even if a lot of people have their idiosyncrasies, what a goldmine for podcasting.
1: Oh yeah, it's a, it's a freaking continent. It's it's like Australia. There's gold mines. There's you know there's opals. There's iron ore. There's uranium. There's freaking you know there's emeralds. rubies, There's everything. It's it's yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's a continent of gem and mineral mines. It's so there's huge potential, guys. Yeah, so I think it's good what you're doing. But I think uh for me personally, the higher path uh, is mm, I think is is the goal because. And I say that because I'd like to define the reason why. It's because it leads to optimal health and happiness. There's a good word, which I'm going to throw out for listeners here. So uh, eudaimonia, have you heard of this word? Oh,
0: I think I have, but I don't remember. What is it? Basically,
1: it translates from ancient Greek as... Oh, might even be modern Greek? It's one of them in your whatever. It is flourishing or thriving. So I like this word because it, it, it's both health and happiness it's both it's everything we want to be thriving and flourishing our goal is eudaimonia for me i think the higher path is, is the goal because it leads it's the, it's the path directly to eudaimonia and i see these substances as useful tools to get there both as a one-off and occasionally the key thing for me is just that they don't become a crutch because then yeah. what they they will actually i'm not no this is really good knowledge and i was not aware of this i got this 10 years ago in a lecture at my university from this was a 300 third year level university course in religious studies it was called something like mysticism altered states and reality it was the best course i took at uni and and our lecturer was a world expert in sufism mystical islam he'd written like 10 books he'd spent 20 more than 20 years living in iran and pakistan studying these things he was a world authority and he had his phd from Harvard. He's a super smart guy but he talked he talked about this i'd never heard someone say it so clearly and directly he said all drugs all drugs punch holes in your aura. Now, I don't... I think he... Okay, I want to clarify. I think by yeah. drugs... Drugs, he meant more synthetic. Like Entheogenes, I see, is different.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What is a drug? Um, but yeah, go on.
1: Yeah, and, and but I...
0: It was really important for me to
1: hear because I see... This comes back to my point in New Zealand about the toxicity. So, if you abuse weed, if you abuse alcohol... It literally punches holes in your auras. People get possessed by negative entities, and and actually, even uh, interestingly, I'm not sure if you've heard of the term STDs, sexually transmitted demons.
2: Hmm. If you people who can
1: have sex with someone who's got one of these things, and that they can get, it will come in through the root chakra. And I, I I don't want to say who it is. It's freaking disturbing. But I saw something happen to someone close to me in my family, and it blew my mind. They became had this thing in them and I would see, look at the face of this person in photos and I would see evil and they got up from this person. They so, so there's a whole world there. And, and, and I guess I bring this up partly because when, when the point, the point you made before about how, you know, in the U S it's more like scientific materialist, atheist and we're kind of conditioned to think the stuff is woo, That a lot of that is deliberate programming to shut people down, to disempower them because I won't go into details because one, it might overload people and it's too much and and two like it's a separate topic so I'm going to keep it vague and not say much to be tactful but I will say that there are people in positions of power this is a diplomatic and easygoing way of saying this that people resonate with who promote knowledge that cuts people off from their true power and they don't only hide stuff they say it doesn't exist like what are you talking about spirits there's no such thing it's all material reality meanwhile they know that they're working deeply within the spiritual realm, but they're using it for negative reasons. So they they keep people disempowered, so that uh, this is. I saw as a great film documentary. I, I saw in the past quantum communication. Uh, the, the quantum communication is one name for it. Now, now uh, that's, but that's not actually the name of the version I saw. But that's how it was. The, the version which was released to DVD was called Quantum Communication. I'll find the other name, but that's something to go off anyway. Now, this documentary is the best documentary I saw about spirituality, healing, and that, the stuff is beautiful. And it's very, um, about kind of like, kind of God and like one unity consciousness, but not from a religious framework. It's this really positive energy infusing it. And they talk about it in there in the, in the opening sections, how this guy says, you know, the ironic thing, it's not that they've made themselves more powerful than us. This is the joke they hid our own power from us they didn't get more powerful by adding to theirs they convinced us that we had no power
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and many ways this journey back to what i call the higher path you know getting to the point where you can be like lucy like scarlett johansson the actress and the character she plays lucy in that film The cooper the character he plays in that film limitless like you can literally do that the higher path yeah you can go from 20 percent to 100 percent, not overnight you'd die but <laughs> yeah yeah but the journey is freaking amazing it's magical it's wondrous it's exciting it's adventurous you know humans have superpowers powers and we can activate them and like most people don't even know this path exists let alone how to get there and, and this is part of the joke it's like yeah i just told you like it's not a thing so you know this is part of my own work in the future run, and i want to popularize what like people don't even know the path. people won't find the path if they don't know it exists mm-hmm. and so the higher path is where it's at and yeah, from my, my own perspective is that you yeah, know this thing, Art said, yeah, all drugs, punch holes in your auras, just, just, yeah, just tools.
0: Could but, you define the higher path though?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I will. So I will do that now. The higher path for me is, never been asked to do that, but it's good prompt because I should, uh, is the natural process of spiritual evolution to higher states of consciousness. And I would describe it as a second adolescence. And I've had downloads and dreams about that. So basically, we, our first adolescence is physical. And then after that, we're actually meant to start working on these higher chakras. It's about growing up the body. The, second, the first adolescence is physical. The second adolescence is internal. It comes back to the point about culture shadows. In New Zealand, I made a comment online recently. This relates to the point God gave me in a dream. Just gently and compassionately saying that 70% of New Zealanders are emotionally, retar- are emotionally retired. In my family, it's more like 90 or no, or higher it's just a joke yeah it's it's not even i won't even go there because it's it's, yeah you laugh you know because you don't want to cry there's just a lot of abuse there it's sad but anyway it's like it's
0: there are the shadows but we're talking about the higher path
1: yeah the higher path is no, I did define it just then. I, I like, I did, okay, I got a little off the top of the second adolescence thing. It's okay. And this is, I, I, I will clarify to the audience. Like, I know I'm, when I do that, it's just part of my own healing. And so it's cool. But roman has been, Roman's kind of been good about that, just to be transparent. So, uh, lack of clarity for me is just part of the stress I'm under, but it's mm-hmm. all good. We're, we're human healing. I'm yeah. just healing. So, so that, yeah, it's like a second adolescence. And, yep. Yeah, so to, to reiterate, it's the process. The sequential stepwise process, because as I said, if you do it all at once, you'd blow up because it's all this new energy is coming in of uh graduating and evolving from a lower to a higher state of consciousness and and uh and yeah, and that's and it takes time. And it it takes a lot of time. Could be called a second adolescence.
0: Yeah. And and I feel like it might take more time than the first adolescence. Oh, I I think it
1: does. It takes a lot more time. It takes at least 10 years.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know I still have a ways to go in it, and I'm really grateful that it began not with drugs, not with psychedelics, yeah. but with meditating. I was just meditating for a while, and then I had a an experience that totally upended my paradigms of reality, broke the idea of materialism for me, yeah, opened me to the idea of spirit, and you know, it unfolded from there. But I'm still super grateful it started there because it's been very empowering to know that that's available to us in our own power without relying on anything outside of ourselves. I still might use psychedelics. I still might Mm. be open to teachers, but I know that it's within me and, uh, and that it takes a lot of time, like having such a big experience so early on when I was still so immature and asleep in so many ways Mm. presented a ton of challenges. Mm. And I think maybe you relate to this, but like I've gone through a process of just holding on for dear life, surviving, What has come after that, like the expanding awareness, Mm -hmm. seeing the world for what it is, how my perspective shifted during COVID moving here, changing all of life. And then the stuff in the body that I was too numb to, to feel before I was talking to you about this, but Mm -hmm. just like how Mm -hmm. half of my body was essentially shut down, not, not flowing, not breathing into my right lung. And I didn't (laughs) even know before because I was so numb and so mired in that survival and trauma and just in the last few years being here, there's been the space to to detox it and to let it keep unfolding and unfold a lot faster than it did before. But what a long process.
1: Yeah, that's why you need to take it step by step because it's so. the analogy, to come back to the point of, you know, my this amazing course I took, which opened me to a lot of this stuff. In many ways, it opened me to this world. It's really about spirodynamics too for the first time from that guy. He, he described it as so this light bulb, this light on the wall. So hmm. That's calibrated an engineer to receive and convert into light energy from electric electric energy a certain voltage and you know amount of amps. I'm not a physicist, I don't really I, like, I don't really know much about physics, so I don't quite know the difference between amps and volts. I learned in high school I forgot now. But whatever. Like, the point is you <laughs> can handle so much. But if I plug that thing into a socket, mm-hmm. and, you know, let's say it's five volts and ten amps. If I plug it into a socket that's running a current of 500 volts and a thousand amps, it'll explode. It'll yeah, block. can't exactly. handle it. Yeah, so this is why you have yeah. to you
0: know have to be, take it slow. That would happen. That's what would yeah. happen if someone tried to awaken all at once.
1: Yeah. So I completely agree with you. I think it takes a lot longer than adolescence. I think at least it takes at least okay. Let's a life. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. So with the teens, technically, uh. Eight years? No, is it? Okay. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it'd be eight years. Or would it be seven? 19. seven years. Yeah. Okay, seven years. It's at least 10. I think it might be 14. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it varies. My general feeling as a rule of thumb is it's at least twice as long, Mm -hmm. Uh, which makes sense. And uh, yeah, like it's just um, in New Zealand, you see it, it. It's analogy and analogy I would use for the process is that so a friend of mine gave me an insight about this a few years ago and he said it's not actually possible to be 1% open dude it's a binary it's not it's not like a it's like not 5-10% it's 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 not a dimmer switch it's on or off openness the heart yeah mm. you can't be 1% it's you're open or you're not and you know why this is fascinating is freaking blew my mind when you told me it's like the hoover dam if you punch a hole in the bottom of the hoover dam Mm. it just starts to come out and Mm. the the flow it flows and flows and it breaks everything up all the structures just crack apart you know because there's so much pressure especially if you put if you punch a hole in the bottom of the hoover dam and you like at the size of say you know like a a straw it'd kill you because there's so much pressure it would just be like a bullet yeah and and so that's kind of what it's like this it's infinite power when you open the heart so what you'll find as a result of this is that when you have a spiritual awakening, it will break up and collapse your old life because it catalyzes change. You're still the same person. I like what Tolle said about this. He said, it will never, nothing of value is lost. All the good stuff is good, is there, and it doesn't change. In fact, it usually gets better yeah. and develops, but it will wash away. Any limiting or systems and belief structures and toxicity. Yeah, so. yeah,
0: it's unearthing the real you. It's not threatening the real you.
1: Yeah, it is. And it, it, but it's a real journey. So I think I feel like we're kind of coming towards the end, here and wrapping it up. So I, any the other points to make? Mostly, talk, I'm pretty happy with the things I've said about New Zealand the cultural shadow there. Like I, I just to sort of sum up, I talked about. The five aspects of the national identity i talked about how they've been corrupted i talked about some of the causes and roots of this dysfunction i mentioned alcohol i mentioned collective narcissism originating from an imperial socioeconomic structure i would like to add briefly here that that is also dysfunction is actually global because an imperialist socioeconomic system is basically a codependent narcissistic relationship there's, there's, because you don't have your heart open there's a dominator and, and someone who's oppressed and they actually need each other, but it's codependent. And we're not meant to be codependent, I uh one from one above each other. We're meant to be interdependent as equals under God. <laughs> That's how it's meant to work. It's my perspective anyway. So uh we will see in the future actually, imperialism will disappear. Is that humanity the more people open their hearts, uh if you open your heart, you can't be in a codependent and an abusive relationship because you can't you won't abuse and you won't tolerate being abused. And that uh, scaled up, this will diso- uh, empires will disappear. Yeah, so we'll see that yeah. in the future. But but for now, it's global. I will say New Zealand, Australia, and Canada hurt very strongly, and it's coming from the UK and yeah. the US has it to an extent. But it's global. And then the other one, the last one I said is the most important. Is just God, love, good morals, spiritual, good morals and spirituality. Okay, one point I would like to add there, just as I wrap things up, is that we see a very high rate of atheism in New Zealand. It's like over 60%. It's over 60% in upper middle class areas now. Now, there's something to be said for transcending the limiting structures and belief systems of traditional religion. So, in New Zealand, what they did, they just threw the baby out of the bathwater. So, they got rid of Christianity and religion entirely. Now, that's not a problem if you've just transcended those structures. But if you just forget all that knowledge, it really creates a lot of problems. So, so that's what I saw in New Zealand. So, I know this is negative stuff. But awareness precedes transformation. Mm -hmm. We need to get into the shadow To be able to get to the light. Because if you don't understand it, you can't transcend it. Okay. So we do need to understand the issue to to get get there. So, and, uh, and, and I will add also to tie back things back to the very beginning of the conversation. The intensity of the repression and the darkness was reflected in the COVID response in New Zealand. And they just, they really need help and solutions. So let's, let's talk about that. So, I mean, basically, like if you, I've seen this quote, if you understand the problem, you have the solution. So, it's the same thing, really. The problem, the symptom, and the solution are ultimately all the same thing. That's the way I look at it. So, the thing
0: th- being awareness, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they're all like, I get an image of like a single point, single point with three, three lines going off it. And it's like, it's all kind of one understanding. They're different aspects of the same awareness. And uh, this is actually a core understanding of the more, of the more advanced methodologies in medicine for both physical and mental health and more holistic. So, instead of just saying, you're depressed, here's a drug, you say, it. you realize, depression is not an illness, it's a symptom. Yeah. It's like, okay, what's the issue? Then we address that, and then the, the symptom goes away. It's like, cancer. Cancer's not an illness. Cancer's a symptom of something else. Once you address the cause, uh, you've got the solution. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. So like, solutions for New Zealand. Uh, to be honest, it's pretty bri- brief when I covered the, it's the causes I covered. So, I mean, yeah, lots of drugs in denial. The, the alcohol culture, and this is well known in New Zealand, but it needs to be, transcended this is where the higher path can help you know like drugs aren't that exciting once you know about the higher path and i dude, i get it like if you think about it like once you reach a certain age if there's not change and dynamism and adventure like like what are you living for but if if you don't know about the higher path and the higher path doesn't just transform your inner world it transforms your outer world you can make the outer world's a reflection of the inner so well of course like it's 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 inevitable and invariable and that that will happen and then you can Live a dream life. Like, why would you take drugs if you can become happy, healthy, uh, wealthy, wise, you know, look your best, you know, dress your best, travel all over the world, do whatever you want. You, you're living a freaking dream. Why would you want to take drugs? And here's a cool download for you I had. People get only want to get high because they're feeling permanently low.
0: Yeah. And because there's a lack of faith that they can get to those root causes and heal it and transform their life on their own power maybe lack of patience as well because it takes time yeah like the drugs are a shortcut they're looking for a shortcut because they want to be someplace, okay and we wouldn't use the drugs if we didn't if we had full faith that we can go to that place independently
1: yeah yeah you're right and that's part of you know cutting people off from their truth and, and their true power by suppressing knowledge and, and yeah, the media has a big role in that. So I, um, yeah, so that's, I mean, people take drugs partly because they just don't know the better options. So if we, you know, promoting awareness of these things in New Zealand would, would help the higher path, for example, uh, who knows? I think it's likely because right, I don't there's so much chaos right now. We'll see what happens, but I think I probably will end up having a role in that in the future. And then promoting this, this higher path as opposed to what I would call the lower path part, part of which is the abuse of these substances. Cause they, a lot of them can be used in a positive way. 100%. Yeah. yeah but, and then, so, okay. Yeah. Addressing the drug culture. Uh, I didn't actually mention this as a cause, but I'm going to throw it in here now. It just popped into my head. Uh, drugs and denial is another one. I will give you, you guys, there's a link think, given you said, I think you're cool to have quite a few. It might be like four or five now. It's not too many. There's a good link to, okay. Now th- this article is sad. But, but it's a good summary from a personal point of view of a woman who experienced the shadow of New Zealand. And, uh, but it's important to put out there because, dude, th- because of denial, because of collective narcissism, you can't be honest about anything. Because if, this is why a lot of Kiwis are repressed. Because if you were honest about things, it would collapse the system. And her dream is talking about where God just told, told me about this. And they can't, uh, they just can't go there. So the fact that anyone is even talking about our dysfunction is is actually very rare and important in New Zealand. Yeah. So not, yeah. not, not, almost no one's talking about the problems. Forget to, no one's talking about solutions really, um, which is why well, it's good to focus on here. But if if you want, I can put. I would recommend this article which we can put in the link to in the description box below. But she describes it as I think one of the parts of the series is entitled "Drugs and Denial." So we need to get rid of the drug culture, and we need to be we need to replace a culture of denial and suppression. With a culture of honesty and integrity, and part of this is just opening the heart, but just cultural, like changing cultural norms, and you know, seeing that, understanding that by being honest, we become stronger and healthier and happier, not only as individuals but collectively as societies. And you know, it, it wipes out your own shadow. It also wipes yeah. out the collective shadow
0: in in the long term. I mean, in the long term, as we've talked process. about, it's a process. Yeah, yeah, it takes time. And I love how it's mirrored on the individual and the collective levels. Like we talked about how it takes time for the individual. Mm. Waking up means seeing our shadows, seeing our delusions, bringing light to that and evolving and growing into a bigger, more expansive person. And that's what we're doing as a humanity right now. We're seeing the disorder in the world. I think we can redeem it by not viewing it just as bad or demonizing it, but meeting it with compassion, but then ultimately transmuting it into a new humanity. I feel like what we're seeing Mm. now is an awakening all together, collectively. Like in the past, maybe there was the Buddha, maybe there was Christ, maybe there were these people, Mm. but now we're doing this all together. And it means seeing the shadows. It means looking at the darkness and it means witnessing the collapse of a lot of things, which feels like death. It could literally mean the death of societies and systems. It feels like death personally, letting these things go insofar as they're in us. But then from that comes a new birth. And I think that's what we're seeing individually and that's what we're seeing in the world.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. It's a collective awakening. And yeah, I will actually share another dream I had about that God showed me and told me in a dream about two years ago. It was a year and a half ago now. I got told that, quote, we're moving from a karmic negative to a karmic positive society. So, uh, just briefly, if I were to define karma, it is the, um, it's about what we put out returning to us. So, so I've heard some people say that karma is very complicated. From my perspective, it's super simple. It's simply the return of energy based on what we put out. And I will say briefly also, I had a dream where God showed me how karma works. And the analogy I got showed is if you throw a rock into a pond, imagine I have a a rock that's say the size of a softball, you know, say hard granite, where it's like, four kgs which um, three kgs that's like 10 pounds I think more or less anyway I throw that 30 feet 10 meters into the center of a pond that's uh, 30 feet wide and 10 feet 3 meters deep it's gonna you know long arch. throw this thing in it's gonna make a whole bunch of waves and what I got shown is that the way karma works is that if I whack someone in the face I don't just hurt them I do hurt them but then it, it, it ripples out, and I hurt a whole bunch of people. But if I give them, if I say something really nice, hey, look, like maybe they're looking down, down. Hey, can I help? Like, if they're looking okay, just give them a compliment. That ripples out. So there's an exponential effect. So if, like, you don't just get one unit of energy back. You get if I give one unit of energy because of the ripple effect, which has also been called the network effect, I get between maybe say three and eight units of energy back. So it amplifies. It goes both ways. It's negative and positive. So with more awareness, humanity is simply moving into a position of. Uh, more wisdom and power and we inevitably just start doing things that are more healthy and sane because we have the awareness and so it's karmic negative to a karmic positive reality it's just like okay we understand things more so we're not going to do stupid shit
0: yeah that's that's well put there um yeah i feel like awareness is the fulcrum where whereby that shift Mm. happens like when you punch a guy you're hurting him and the ripple effects of everything but you're hurting yourself too because that's you you're punching and uh and so awareness naturally makes us want to spread positive positive karma
1: yeah d- we need more awareness we need more yeah we need to come back to that it's just like what is life without is that quote i like is uh, a quote i like a life without love is like a year without summer so it, so new zealand doesn't necessarily need more religion but it needs more love and connection and I mean, that's really the core of it and that last point is the most important point so you know there's more that could be said But I think that's a good summary that I've now given of a case study of a culture on this planet, my own. uh, I'm actually bicultural, but one of my two. I'm yet to go to Spain and explore that. It's another chapter for me. uh, Of one country in the world that is highly dysfunctional within its family of nations, the Anglosphere. And I've outlined the, uh, you know, the cultural identity and who they are and how that's been distorted and how we can see that there are, it's a very sick society. I've explained where that comes from. And I've outlined some solutions. And I, I touched also a little bit on, on my own journey and how that, um, you know, you can see the, the personal relating to the collective. And I would add that, you know, when New Zealand heals itself collectively, you, you okay? you're okay or not? Yeah, yeah. I'm, Same just, thing. I'm tired. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a dream where I got shown that by cleaning up my own trauma, I'm cleaning up my family's trauma. Yeah so yeah each um, each individual is part of collective but each part collective is part of you know a collective of collectives so when new zealand heals it'll help you know just me helping in the same way that me healing myself helps to heal my family invariably it can't not because everything is connected you know even a single country healing helps to heal the
0: world so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love that i think that is a really good place to conclude and tie it all together because (laughs) Jeez, I can't even talk. We've been talking a while. And yeah, talking, well, it's
1: time to wrap it up.
0: <laughs> it's been good though. But yeah. what I was trying to articulate there is that it is all tied together. And you talked a lot about New Zealand and the shadows and bringing light to them and healing them. Yeah. And how that parallels to my culture. And you can really see parallels across the whole world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And in order to heal the world, we have to heal ourselves. Yeah. And it has to ripple like really, maybe you can be a shaman or something and be in a role where people are giving you that permission and opening the door for you to help them heal. But all you can really do is open a door. We all have to do our own healing and to heal the collective, we have to heal ourselves. Ourselves ripples into our families, our circles, our nations, our world. Mm -hmm. And everything outside is reflecting the inside anyway. So that really is the source of what we have to heal. But it's good to be able to see the outer world and see what reflects back to us, like in you, like in your stories of culture Mm. and yourself and seeing how that relates to me, how I connect with that. That enriches the self-understanding. So thank you for, uh, for being that reflection and thank you for doing this interview. And thank you for getting me moving. You know, I wasn't expecting this today, but this spontaneous conversation that we decided to have is bringing a podcast back to life that was dead for a year and a half. And I don't know how many people will listen. It's going to be a long journey of building it back. But uh, thank you for that movement.
1: Yeah, you're welcome, friend, uh, amigo. And yeah, I enjoyed
0: it. And I've learned a lot too. Awesome. And to all of you beautiful listeners, I can't see you, but I trust you're beautiful. We all are. Thank you for listening and I'm going to keep doing this. I realize that a part of who I am is a creator and like you're saying about transmuting negative karma into positive karma, I view karma basically as creation, action, and reaction. The ripple effects of everything and the awareness spurs us to make it more positive. I'm still a work in progress. I'm not all positive it would be nice to be all positive before sharing anything, but at the same time, part of who I am and being true to who I am means creating. And so I'm going to keep going with it. Keep interviewing people around here in Vilcabamba, all of whom will be very interesting and many of whom will spur things in me and my unfolding understanding. And so, uh, we're back in motion unexpectedly and spontaneously, but beautifully. And, uh, I'm excited to keep having conversations and sharing them with you. So thanks for listening. I'll catch you when I catch you.